Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, podcast people. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Um, we decided to absolutely skip the, the the countdown tonight. So if you were watching on YouTube, hello to you. We decided to come straight in with the good stuff. And that is Dan adjusting his camera or his desk. My desk. What's, what's going on? Can you do it again? <laughs> Dan's got a motorized desk. And if you're listening on the audio version, hello to you. You are missing out big time. So make sure yeah. that you catch the live stream on YouTube at some point. <laughs> Um, let's just do a quick audio check. Hello, check, check, one, two, YouTube. It's your turn, Dan. One, two, one, two. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me loud and clear? I can hear you, but um, you're looking gorgeous tonight, may I say, Dan? Thank you. Using new camera, new lighting setup, everything. It's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure you've selected the right microphone, however. Oh, let me let me quickly check. You do uh, sound as if you're running off uh, some kind of computer mic. Huh. Um, I'm also charging my iPad because I forgot. I am all about the place today. I have had <laughs> such a wonderful day in the sunshine. Um, I had a bit of a ropey afternoon because uh, I forgot to take my medication and ended up high as a kite, which is probably why I'm a bit loopy right now. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I got all dizzy and realized that um, hmm, maybe I should be medicating this young boy. <laughs> I'm glad but, that, uh, you're, that you're now in the game and no longer just, you know, floating around. Now, you know, when you can't see your hand in front of your own face, you're like, yeah. is that my hand? My <laughs> hand looks so far away from my face right now. That's what it was all, all like. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> We are in high def tonight, everybody on YouTube. If Again, I'll say it again. If you're listening on the audio version, hello, we love you too. You've got to see Dan now. Dan is upped his game. Absolutely. To, to quote Sarang, Dan is bringing the camera game. I mean, you mean like this? <laughs> <laughs> that motorized desk never gets old. <laughs> amazing yeah yeah oh yeah yeah and i've got um, some background action also going on you're Ah. in a different location tonight today dan where are you oh boy that's a long story i'm in my office so hello everyone from the Ibanez germany headquarter here at meinl in gutenstetten having some lovely ice cold coffee (laughs) and spending my night talking to you guys because my friends at Vodafone fucked up, and they effed up twice. <laughs> you can't so I, correct that swear after you've already sworn. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You know what? I've, I've, like, I've uh, signed two contracts with Vodafone: one for my apartment here, and one for the house that we moved in. And they effed up both. So the most funny story is the one that they actually we have like the cable to our house was broken. And they did some testing. The technician was there, and he was a lovely guy. You know, he came he came to our house, and he was he was like, "Okay, now now get that going." And then he tried, and uh, he you know he measured everything, and then he called me. He said, "Ah, we might have a problem here. There's a cable broken somewhere. We might have to you know dig up the street and and see if we can fix it." So long story short, one week later, a couple blokes uh, came to the front of our house, and a couple of blokes, yeah. <laughs> dug out the hole and then 
rang the bell and told me, you know what, we couldn't find we couldn't find the issue, but according to my plan, it should be one to one and a half meters left from where we actually had to dig that hole. So I thought, okay, cool. He knows where the problem is. He's probably going to fix that. Wrong, because he told me, no, we got to close that hole because we've got no permission from the city council to dig another hole just 1.5 meter away from that. So again, tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, they will be there digging up another hole and hopefully they will be able to fix that. But in the meantime, I'm just streaming from my lovely office with beautiful guitars in the background and all of you guys in the chat. Hello to everyone. Using the company internet and company electricity. Probably yeah. the company heating as well. Dear, Every, dear. Everything, everything. Oh, man. Well, wow, thanks for sponsoring us tonight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mr. Meinl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, episode 32 already. So 32. 30, 32, yeah. And we've got a guest tonight. Who is it, Andy? Uh, I can never pronounce his surname correctly. I always have to question it. It's Mark Letieri. Correct. Mark Letieri from Snarky Puppy. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah. I've got some stories, but I'll save that for the guest section because that would make sense to put it there in the podcast. Awesome. Um, I want to go straight in with the guitar news, if you don't mind, Dan. Shall we do that? Of course, please. Oh, guitar news. Guitar news. Snam. Summer Nam is apparently happening in 2021. Who'd have thunk that? Not I. <laughs> no. Thoughts, Dan? Uh, interesting. Um, they announced it, and you could read the word safety so many times when you scroll through their website. So I'm pretty sure that they know it's a very delicate situation that they are in. But, you know, the the US guys are very quick in, in vaccinating their people. So uh, it should slowly get better. Whereas, you know, in, in Germany and maybe also even in Austria, it's it's getting, you know, getting even worse and, and the vaccination is not working that fast. So, yeah, hopefully it will be the, the first show. I think like 18 months or so. Last big show was was probably Winternam twenty twenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so right after that, hell break loose, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that things seem to normalize to some degree. Yeah, um, I I've already been. Um, I can't say I've been invited. That sounds far too official. But I've already arranging things that I could go if possible. What I'm trying oh, to wow. say is, someone has an airbed for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to go. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with going, but I also have a fear of missing out. FOMO. So, I don't know. I'd love to know from the people in the chat, do they think I should go? Um, uh, and also, yeah, uh, Michiel has pointed out in the chat that 42 Gear Street 2 was a real event in 2020. That was the last huge international event regarding uh, guitars. But that was not like public, open to the public. That was just... Oh, it was. It was. There were people walking around everywhere on, on the street as if they lived there. Terrible. <laughs> Ice cream man popping through, selling his wares. Terrible. Spent, spent so much cash on ice creams that weekend. And I'm lactose intolerant. It was a, a very windy weekend. <laughs> well, that's probably Henning's side business, but he didn't tell you. I, I bet he was taking a cut. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream business. So anyway, back to Summer Nam. Um, yeah. We've got some safety stuff. So the National Association of School Music Dealers, blah, 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 blah Summer Nam. I've never been to Summer Nam before. Have you been, Dan? No, 
Not at oh. all. Actually, SummerNAM was never a big thing for Ibanez. I think a couple of years ago when they introduced uh, the reissue of the Tallman series, they went to Nashville because, you know, it's it's very country-esque there. And then, you know, it's, it's sure. kind of the cradle of that music style. So that was a good fit. But apart from that, I mean, even in summer, there's not too much uh, news to announce. So it wasn't a, such a big thing for, for Ibanez so far. But there were plenty of, of, of companies actually exhibiting there. I know Martin is there, the Dario, other companies too. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of, we got we to gotta take into consideration that a lot of companies have their mother base already in Nashville because True. it's Music City. Mm. So for them, it's a rather inexpensive way to exhibit their stuff. It's right right across the front door. So, I'm just reading the comments in the in the live chats, and I people are actually not that keen on me going. They, they seem to care about my safety. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, uh, um, everybody. I don't want to call you out by name, just in case you were <laughs> joshing with me. But um, we've got some more photos. This is one of a shot of the of the show floor. I just can't imagine being around those people right now. And yeah. I, I'd like to I know mean, how they. Just to go back to that, it says um, safely demo new products. I'd love to know. Yeah. Are they going to be you know where they put the put the the pedals in like one of those boxes with the gloves that are attached to the box? <laughs> okay, I, I I don't know. Play a guitar inside a box. It's like I have no idea. Nucle I, nuclear plant safe. That's you know? it. Yeah, looking like Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Uh, and something else that's happening this year is Guitar Summit. Yeah, also a big or, announcement. Or potentially happening, as far as I understand it. No, no, they they are they are definitely sure that they want to do it. So they okay. already have a safety concept. Uh -huh. And I'm now talking to the companies, trying to, you know, get some, some registrations in or, you know, talk to people and enthuse them about the concept and also about the safety concept. And, uh, yeah, that will be a big, big thing because to me, frankly speaking, I think summer name is very, 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 uh, close and, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just like, uh, you know, within a couple months already and, and, you know, guitar summit is half a year away so i think I'm, I'm a little bit more positive that that could actually happen with some sort I agree. of i agree health concept and safety concept and uh, they already they already um, provide information that the booths are actually getting a little bit smaller so you know, uh -huh. you've got you've got more space in between and i think they also are going to limit the the uh, overall amount per of customers per day so that's definitely a good idea in fact, what I do like, is I I'd, yeah. I'd ban YouTubers if I was Guitar Summit. That'll save yeah, some space. Yeah, those useless people. <laughs> useless. <laughs> no, but actually, it could be it could be a good thing because the last last year's uh, Guitar Summit was always pretty crowded on Saturdays, and it was rather uh, low attendance on, on Sundays and Fridays. So if they have you know a limit and they have a cap that they that they fill and then the tickets are gone that could actually even out the the uh, attendance throughout the three days so that sure. actually could be a good thing in the long run for them yeah. That's absolutely yeah I, I really hadn't thought of that no hmm. the, only, the only big question mark for me is um if, if we're going to see like the big names as artists because uh frankly speaking not a lot of people are willing a lot of artists are willing to travel currently so, you know, well, then we may see some new artists, you know, some artists that would not normally get an opportunity. Of course. Of course. Um, that's what happened with, with Gear Street, with Henning's event that we saw people with, frankly, very small channels who yeah. are, who were great, but just happened to have small channels. Yeah. And um, they had an opportunity they would not normally have had. Yeah. So 
can be a good surprise, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward. There's an obvious question that people are asking in the chat, and I guess I'm going to answer on behalf of some other people, and I'd say that people are probably in talks of attending the event guitar in uh, in Mannheim. Yes. Yeah. yeah, people are probably in talks, probably discussing it right now, I would guess. Would I guess sort of in the right direction, Dan? Definitely. I mean, okay. final decisions need to be need to be taken sure. in, in the future because then you can make an educated guess of how the whole situation will pan out. You know. Yeah. And also, there was another question: if Woody had been introduced at Summernam, I'm not sure about Summer Summernam, but I know there was a big reveal right here at Ivan's Guitar Festival. That was the first time when Woody was actually revealed and uh, was actually also played by Steve. I'll be honest. I thought you were talking about Toy Story. That is not a joke. I had no idea what you were talking about until you said Steve. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of me and my ridiculously stupid brain. Okay, also, okay. I had a, okay. a moment, I had an epiphany or a realization <laughs> as you were talking, and very rudely, my brain went there instead of listening. Um, my, my, my eyes went, listen to Dan, my brain went, there's two episodes of Snowpiercer tonight, and it's the finale. <laughs> That's where my brain went. So I apologize. Awesome. And if you don't watch awesome. Snowpiercer, then what are you doing with your life? But um, yeah, two episodes tonight. There was no episode last night. But not only did we not have a podcast, I sat down to watch it and Netflix said, nah. I was so upset. Really was. Really was. Anyway, um, enough about my piercing snow. Dan, should we move on to the picks of the week? Because it is almost time to speak to Mark Letiri, and I really want to get away from Snowpiercer. Otherwise, I'm not going to want to talk to Mark. <laughs> That's really rude. <laughs> All right. Of course. Let's... Time for my pick of the week. Andy's pick of the week. My pick of the week. First up is um, not this guitar, but I thought I'd bring it up. This is the master-built Joe Strummer from Fender. And it's ridiculously priced at around 16 grand, which um, it's obviously a master-built, so let's get that out of the way. But it's therefore out of reach of many, many people, which is why it is not my pick of the week. But it has, in fact, taken me... Uh, to this, which is my first pick of the week, which is the Joe Strummer Campfire Acoustic, which is coming out at around 450, mm -hmm. the 450 euros ish dollars, around that sort of four or five hundred dollar mark. Um, and I just thought it was cool. Massive fan of the Clash and mm -hmm. um, and Joe Strummer as a songwriter. I'm not a massive fan of Fender acoustic guitars, mm -hmm. but I really want to try that one. And I think it's priced uh, appropriately, should I say. I'm intrigued by the looks. And, you know, six in line headstocks are always something special when it comes to acoustics. Yeah. And also the overall appearance, you know, it's got that, is that matte black finish? That, I believe that so. Pretty red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Is that like, it, it almost looks as if it's like a, a 7-8 guitar or something. Is the body size like just on a regular... It does look uh, small, but I was, yeah. um, I've got some specs here. Let me just... Imagine that I know how to use a Windows computer for a second. <laughs> it is a relative, relatively short scale length of 24.1 inches, or 612 millimeters to our freedom friends, mm -hmm. as well as a walnut fretboard and a solid Sitka spruce top. Mahogany wow. back and sides, so probably a laminate, and yeah. uh, Fishman Electronics. Mm -hmm. 
That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have expected electronics because uh, it's, it doesn't have a, a cutaway. And you can see it in, in the picture, actually. But that's cool. So it's a stage-ready guitar, basically, with, a, with an interesting scale length. Yeah. Um, it's going to look ridiculous on me if I ever do play one because it's smaller. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be any good. It just it was interesting, and anything that comes up about Joe Strummer generally interests me. Are you are you a six in line guy when it comes to acoustics? Is that something that floats your boat? I don't know. I've never. I did kind of. I think it's the Fender Sonoran, Sonoran, something like that. It was the surf surfy color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I, I'm pretty, um, pretty. What's the word? Traditional when it comes to acoustic guitars. Mm-hmm. Um. Side note, uh, took a trip to a guitar shop this week, played an Atkin guitar, a 43, possibly the best acoustic guitar I've ever played. More news to follow in the future. Actually, I, I talked to, to a friend of mine who, uh, you know, we chatted about your visit at Klangfarbe, mm-hmm. and, and he just replied, you know, those Atkins guitars, they're even too cheap for what they deliver. <laughs> I genuinely i had you know sometimes you pick up a guitar the last time i had it was when i bought my telecaster custom shop and just picked it up and there was just this magic moment where you know it had notes that i'd never played before so i enjoyed mm-hmm. that guitar um, yeah. i'm trying to speed us through tonight so i'm going to very right. politely move on to my next pick which is also fenderish it's the square affinity series 2021 oh wow they are upping the game when it comes to weird shapes yeah, so we've got, um, firstly, we've, we had a leak of the uh, the Jazzmaster, which I'll bring up just there. This was leaked. Um, it's a Jazzmaster Affinity, so it is probably a thinner body, normal scale length, cheaper or more affordable woods, more affordable pickups, more affordable everything, including the bridge, which I've seen a few people online really spreading some not nice things. But I, I genuinely think Fender or Squire have made a great decision by giving it a Strat-style tremolo, um, because at that price, you're going to end up with some sort of Jazzmaster tremolo that is just rubbish. Mm-hmm. So to keep it affinity-priced... I think Fender have made a good move that, or, or Squire, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a blue one and a Burgundy Mist. Uh, mm. I don't That's like Burgundy point. Mist, but I like the name. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Jazzmaster, I think I might get the blue one and stick a, a gold pick guard on it. That's what a plan that I have. Ooh. Yeah, and then I've got some... Loads of picks there. So this is the Affinity Series. We've got a double humbucker Telecaster, which is also in black with a maple fretboard. So that 72 Custom Deluxe that I absolutely dig. And I I can't really imagine a world in which I will not own that guitar. So as a mod project for the channel, I have to have, I think, probably, maybe, that Squire Affinity Telecaster. <laughs> Um, we've also got a double humbucker uh, Squire Strat with a two-point tram. We've got a Jaguar bass with a huge pickup on it mm-hmm. um, in sexy blue. And there's another color that I think it's dark gray. And then we've got this sort of charcoal burst Strat, which is an HSS. Mm-hmm. Um, that would I think also make for a sexy mod project. Yeah, It would. You're right. It's just, yeah. you know, I'm drawn towards the... the I've always wanted a 72 black custom Fender Telecaster, and that would All be right. 
So what would be the first thing you, you would change on it? Uh, probably just do a setup fret level and make sure the, the frets are actually playable. It probably is. <laughs> All right, that's the bare minimum. But like, what would you actually mod? Pickups, uh, right. electronics. I would possibly put new saddles on it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, different, at least lube the nut. Uh, possibly change the nut. Maybe change the tuners. So much like I did with the, with the Mustang. Um, in fact, I've got it here. All the people in the audio world, here's my Mustang Affinity. Um, <laughs> that's, that, black what, one. that's the black one. I put a kill switch in that. I didn't change the saddles, even though I had to cut the, the screws on them. Uh-huh. New electron, no, not new electronics. Um, just really sanded the neck and put new locking tuners on it and put a bone nut. And it's still one of my favorite guitars, and it cost me 120 euros. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes price doesn't say everything. There's some no. special guitars, you know. So I'm excited. But, I, I love Squire guitars. I think Fender are at their best when they're doing cheap, crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. It just opens up the world for, for new new guitar players um, and, and people with some disposable cash, you know? Because yeah. yeah, they're I mean, pedal, pedals more expensive than these guitars. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if you have if you have to spend a whole bunch of money, you you probably play a safe card and go for you know a regular strat or a relic yeah. custom shop strat or something. But the quirky and unusual stuff, uh, you don't spend too much money. I think that's also I think we talked about that la- uh, two weeks ago about the Acoustasonic. That's probably the the main issue about that guitar. That it's raw. I mean, the quality is definitely there, but it's probably priced too high. In order to appeal to those people that are just curious and would like to try yeah. it out, so but this, I mean, Fender and Squire are knocking it out of the park this year. They have so many models; it's kind of hard to to keep track on that. It's like every other week there's oh wow another Infinity Alternative Parallel Universe Back to the Future series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mister, here's a new finish. Touche. 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 My question is Are they actually going to be able to make them and get them to the customers? Because I know that's been an issue this year with with guitars and entry level and intermediate guitars. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I hope so, because I'm excited. Did they say anything about when they're going to drop? No. No. Or possibly yes, but I didn't look because I was too excited looking at the pictures. All (laughs) I. All I care about is the pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Greetings again to the podcast uh, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Amazing, amazing images. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of that, let's go to the chat for a second. And Mikhail Studio Simil quite rightly says that Joe Strummer would probably have hated a $16,000 uh, guitar, but uh, yeah. I agree. And also, hello to Tom Quayle. Hey, Tom. Hello, Tom. Have you bought a shark guitar yet? Um, and that's, I have so many picks, but I want to move on. So I'm just going to leave it at two this week. All right. Let's go to Dan's pick of the week. Dan's pick of the week. Dan's pick of the week. I love that music. Ditto. Pick of the week. Awesome. All right. What is that? That is one know. of the most iconic PRS guitars, and I want to know if Mark Leterry would actually play that beast. That is West Borland's four-string guitar that he used on so many hits, especially Nookie. So I highly recommend to check out some of the old Biscuit stuff when they played live. And it's just something about the energy of the song when I was a teenager that just, you know, got me. And it was that, you know, it did it all for the Nookie, and you would go and scream and, you know, 
That's, there's a long story behind me being finally able to see Limp Bizkit after, I think, three attempts. Wow. Uh, you know, because they had to cancel concerts because one time they didn't get, like, a, a thick visa. Second time there was some drugs. And the third time the drummer had some back issues. And, yeah, I mean, it took me a while to get see them live. But uh, it was still an experience. But back to the guitar. It's actually a black Fender, like, custom 24, but only with a very narrow fretboard. And is it a strings. tenor? Is it a tenor? I don't know. It's got a uh, what's that? It's it's, it's tuned. It's hyper tuned in F sharp, F sharp B and E. So it's an A A D G tuning, and uh, it's got a twenty six point five inch scale. So it's like semi baritone ish. It's not twenty seven inch, so it's in the middle. So yeah, so it's got an eighty an eighty eighty east uh, eighty low string, then forty two, thirty two, and twenty two. And it's got guitar and bass pickups, two outputs. So it's like a guitar, bass, chimera kind of thing. But, you know, it's it's just a thing that was used in Full Nelson and, and The One and Nookie and all those great songs. So I, I totally dig that they are, you know, creating yeah. this. And it's, I, I think Wes Baldwin already wrote that it's a Mark 7. So it's already the seventh seventh iteration, and actually yeah. that's a guitar that I would love to see as a PRS SE model, because yeah. that's so quirky. I would buy it in an instant just to fool around with it. Dan, yeah, I don't like Limp Biscuit. All right, that's it for tonight, folks. <laughs> so let me the know. Le- are you, the less, are you I, the less I say about Limp Biscuit, the better. What? The less I say about Limp Biscuit, the better. <laughs> so, but but just to, to put things straight, are you more Team Linkin Park or are you just like, is that whole new rock, new metal thing not your cup of tea? None of that is my cup of tea, but if I had to choose, definitely Linkin Park. Really? Okay. I was always a little bit, you know, I always gravitate towards that Limp Biscuit stuff because it had that jazziness to it. Although Rolling, that's a tune. Baby, that's yeah. the tune. Also, right, my I'm, ways. I'm backtracking there. Backtracking there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's a great instrument. I was I was uh, enthused to see it. So yeah, and another new guitar. I think the year 2021 is quite the year of the Telecaster or the T-style guitar. We've seen so many variants of it from. From all sorts of companies like, uh, oh, I don't know, Ibanez and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and also Schecter. And uh, actually they are bringing one of their best-selling signature guitars as a uh, PT version. PT stands for Pete Townsend, by the way, because he used the Schecter Telecaster style guitars back in the day. So, um, oh. yeah, that's loaded with a single coil in the bridge. It's got a humbucker in the neck and uh, it's, it comes in a beautiful atomic sapphire finish. And um, I think Schecter calls those finishes Wembley. These are kind of relict finishes. So it's, it's slightly relict. It's not like brand new, but also not heavy relict. So it's got some little crackles to it. It looks as yeah. if it has been played subtly already. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool to see that Nick, one of, you know, he was, he was one of the first uh, guests on the Guitar Stories podcast. And uh, we have a long history working together from Mesa Boogie to Dario. And uh, he's just a hell of a guy. And it's, it's, it's great to see him do so well with, with those guitars. And people seem to dig not just the, the Strat style guitars, but also the new model. And uh, they're actually surfacing already. 
I saw today that in Italy they, they received the first uh, samples or the first uh, models to sell. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I really like the looks. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, I think they are only available as a custom ship version. So mm -hmm. they should clock in at around 3.5, 3.6K, uh, which is expensive. But I played Nick's guitar and a couple of other of those, and uh, they are very well made. So if you're in the game for a Shakti guitar, that's definitely one of the first models I would try out because I'm not too much into the whole metal stuff that they offer. So, yeah, I like I like the more classical looks that they offer. Okay. Actually, did, did you know that Schecter is also very important uh, for Mark Knopfler? He used to play Schecter guitars for quite some time back in the day. Yeah, I, I've been learning a lot about Schecter. And also yeah. uh, Robert Smith of The Cure was, yeah. was playing a Schecter. And, yeah. I think um, they're also producing the Prince, the cymbal guitar. And, uh, that's right, Schecter, yeah. yeah and, and they're also the, the manufacturer for Sack Wilde's guitars. I mean, I don't want to go too deep into that topic, uh, but, uh, you know, they're very broad. They're much broader than what you would expect when you first check out their website. Yeah. So, yeah. So glad, very glad for Nick. Great model. Um, looking forward to see that hitting the stores and, uh, yeah, you know, I like competition. So we have the AZS now Schecter has the PT, Nick Johnson, we have the Larry Basilio, we've got the Josh Smith. So I think there are a lot of offerings for, uh, modern players that don't necessarily want to buy something from the big F. So that's cool. Speaking of which, do you want to do you want to move on to your next one? Yeah, Ellie style guitars. Yeah, <laughs> another T style guitar. This time from Reverend. Oh, and you see my Photoshop skills—they suck big time because you still oh, yeah. see the white frame. Totally, out. that's disgusting. I'm very sorry. Yeah, yeah. I wish I was listening to the audio version. <laughs> yeah, we can describe it. I mean, Greg Gregkov had had a uh, a nice Gristle Master signature guitar that got introduced, I think, last year. Is that correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it was more older than that, but uh, that. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not sure, but it was it wasn't too. I old. don't know, dude. The 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 whole year is a, is a blur. Yeah, same here. So yeah. Anyways, but this was still like one of the the, the more quirky T star guitars, and I, I really you know was digging that look. And now they updated his signature guitar. Now the Grizzle, Grizzle Master becomes the Grizzle Ninety. And it's the next iteration of uh, of his signature guitar. Comes with a T-style body shape, and what they added is P90 pickups and a Bixby-style trem mm. to it, which is quite unique for a Tele-style guitar. So you've got soap bar pickups in it. You've got uh, Fishman, actually Fishman pickups, because uh, he's a Greg Carr is a signature artist, and he's got his own uh, pickup set. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the Bixby, it's an original, not just Bixby style, it's an original Bixby tremolo with a roller bridge, um, Corina body, which is actually chambered, which is a uh, big, you know, USP for, for reverend guitars, but they're rather yeah. lightweight and have a very airy kind of warm sound, but still offer that, that kind of twang that you need. So it, they're like in the middle of, of, of it. So I really like that. And yeah, apart from that, it's, it's a cool instrument. So which color would be for you? The gold one, the midnight black, or the, the Bradford beach blue? I'd have to go for the gold. The gold one? Ugh. I'd have to, just you because like gold. it's... I do like gold. <laughs> just because I like the other two, but I'd be thinking of the gold one if I were playing the other two. You know what I'm saying? It's... Yeah. I, I mean, have nothing wrong. Is that also a bound neck? 
Am I seeing a band yeah, neck or yeah, is that just, oh my goodness. However, this was brought up in, in the Guitar Geek Facebook group recently and the price was rather off-putting. How much is it? Like 2K? It was, yeah, it was close to like 2K, which, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't don't misunderstand me. I love what Reverend do and they make some quality guitars. However, I thought that was surprisingly high. My brain instantly went to sort of 1300, that sort of mm -hmm. area. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm not saying that they're charging too much. It's just my, I was surprised and so are a few other people. Mm -hmm. However, um, uh, I've been talking with Reverend recently and we will be doing some work together in 2021. So I would assume uh, I will actually get to play one of those and eat my words. So <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, you, laugh, you laugh like Eddie Murphy, then. I do. <laughs> I didn't never, why have I never noticed that? <laughs> I think it depends on my mood. <laughs> I can't laugh. No, that's, that's awful. <laughs> I think it's something funny. So no, there we go. <laughs> All right. Shall, All right, we, shall, um, we, shall we conclude with uh, buy, burn, borrow? Yes. Borrow, buy, burn. But borrow, I don't suppose you brought your little sticks with you, did you? No, sorry. Really. I don't think it is. So no. we need to know, everybody. There are four picks, but you need to choose three of them. Which one you will buy, which one you would borrow, and which one you would burn. You may not choose not to burn something. It's it's like that old, um, I want to say, cuddle, marry, or kill. Yeah. <laughs> Just to keep it PG in case most yeah. of my family are listening. Um, so we'll go to Dan's. Dan's had the the Greg Cott Gristle. Was it Gristle ninety? Yep. Uh, the Schecter, the new um, Nick Johnson, and the that bloke from what's it? What's the band called? Limp Bizkit. Wes Borland. Sorry, it's written just there. Then if we go <laughs> to my gear scene. We've got the we're going to go for the whole Affinity series just to make it easy, or the Joe Strummer Campfire Acoustic. So. Right. Um, Dan, would you go first, sir? And just to let you know, Mark Letiri is in the green room waiting to come on and talk all things guitar. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, let's start with um, the Nick Johnson. I'd probably borrow to compare it with the ACS. Whoops, sorry. Use the Nick Johnson. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a business move, a, a sensible move. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> So we've got some stuff in the chat. I don't. I'm. 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 I'm confused. But I know which one I'd burn. All right. Which one is it? Don't tell me. Oh, come on. Ah, come on. It's got to be the worst born. No, actually, that's not fair. Do you know what? I wouldn't burn the Limp Bizkit guitar because mm -hmm. I know nothing about it. I would Ooh. absolutely have to borrow that one. I've changed yeah. my mind. I would have to borrow the PRS Wes Borland four-string monstrosity just to see what it's like, um, and then possibly start wearing a baseball cap backwards and <laughs> pretending to rap. So that that would be my borrow. That's a surprise. I really shocked myself then. Interesting. Well, fair enough. Then I'll go on and say that would be my buy if it was an SE version that, that would clock <sighs> in at around like 1K. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely try that just to fiddle around with it. But actually, I could totally imagine seeing you fiddling around with that thing and having fun with it. I think so too. Imagine that yeah. through a big muff. Yeah. Oh damn! I, I now I need now I need that guitar. <laughs> oh, what, I, what are you doing to me? 
<laughs> you would be, would be first. You would be giggling like a little schoolgirl, and later you would be singing Limp Bizkit songs and play stuff like Nookie. Dum, 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 okay, dum, dum. which one are you gonna? Which one are you gonna? No, you're gonna buy that one, right? But if it was an SE, yeah, the, the SE I would buy. Fine. Oh, of course, I've got to. I've got to buy the the Squire Affinity series. I'm going to buy the the Telecaster seventy two custom thingy job. And you would mod the hell out of it, right? And mod the bejesus out of it <laughs> uh, until it no longer. Uh, yeah, I'd mod it. Awesome. Um, so that's my buy. Yeah. Now we need to burn, Dan. Oh yeah. goodness, it's difficult. You know what? I would take that Joe Strummer guitar to a campfire. And instead of playing it, I would burn it. Not a big fan of the looks. Really? No. I like I like the musician, but I'm not a big fan of the looks. So, not my pick. I would burn that one. What about you? For the first week, I'm having a very tough time answering. <laughs> uh, let me go back to you. Uh, can I buy? Can I borrow the Borland and burn it? <laughs> Um, what? You don't burn my guitar. Jeez <laughs> uh, Louise, I don't know. Um, I think I, I think I'm gonna. I'm getting confused with the buttons. I I'm going to have to also burn that campfire. I'm going to have to sit slightly too close to the campfire <laughs> by accident. I mean, honestly, the only answer I can give, even though it's a slight cop out, is to burn the the master built fender joe strummer because i think that is um i think that's not a good idea however yeah, he, probably he wouldn't a great even guitar. like it because he wouldn't spend that much money on a guitar i right? I, I don't think so either but yeah i want to talk to mark and so do a lot of people in the chat but before we do um let's just see what the chat people said about what they would beg beg buy borrow or burn um we have um, Kranar would buy Reverend, borrow Schechter, burn the acoustic. Uh -huh. Sarang would buy Wes Borland, borrow the affinity, burn the acoustic. Alan M. Guitar Corner would buy the affinity, borrow the Schechter PT, and burn the Wes Borland PRS. Oh, dear. Fergie borrowed Dan's Kemper toaster. <laughs> <laughs> burn the campfire and buy Tanzantelis. Oh, boy. Um, Studio Camille would buy the Wes, borrow the Reverend, burn the Affinity, uh, and then actually no, he said he'd burn the 16k strummer out of protest. I'm with you yeah. there, my friend. Agreed. Uh, and then Alexander wants to know why does the campfire guitar have electronics? I don't know. I mean, honestly, a, a, a Fishman pickup system is not that expensive, so why not uh, just throw it in there? Yeah. All right. Before you uh, like stop the call, let me just out of protest use my new Atom Blackmagic Mini Pro ISO for this little advertisement break. Oh, good lord! <laughs> right. I'm going to kick Dan off the chat because we're going to bring in the man that is Mike Letiri, and um, so I, I, I'm losing it now because he's. I can't believe he's done that. <laughs> I don't even know which button to press. Right. <laughs> Goodbye, Dan. Dan is off. You're with me. You're stuck with me for a minute. I'm going to compose myself and um, add Mark to that chat. Uh, one second. If you've got any questions for Mark, by the way, then please, please let us know in the chat. But don't let us know until we're actually ready for the questions. Um, because otherwise, they'll just get lost in the chat. And um, 
Yeah, that was a real sneaky, sneaky move by Dan. So I'm going to place the call right now. And uh, let's go to the, the guest scene. And we've got Mark is just there. I believe Dan is back. And when Mark joins us, I will uh, stick him in the chat. Uh, he's not joined us yet. The suspense, Dan, the suspense. Oh, there he is. There he is. Hey, Hello. guys. Hey, uh, Mark. Hang on one second. Uh, something. These things are always so funny. Oh, here oh, we yeah. go. That's why. Uh, there we go. Okay, cool. Now I can hear you. Awesome. We can hear you and we can see you. You look, look wonderful, sir. Graphics you guys have. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like uh, I need a cartoon giraffe or something or maybe like a <laughs> i don't know an amp inside my head or i don't know i'll work on it we'll fix it in post what's going on dudes uh, everything's all right i'm good i'm good awesome everything's great here cool wow i'm, I'm just admiring your guitar arsenal right Oh, yeah. that's the right of you. You oh know, my. yeah, yeah. People comment on it, and it, it's not set up this way because I'm trying to brag. It's just like I don't have I don't have any other place to put it, and this just happens to be where the webcam is. <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah, me why, too. That's me why too. it is. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it looks pretty cool. Not gonna lie. <laughs> if you had to grab one right now, which one would it be? Oh, you know the answer to that question. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. I'd grab the one that I've made. Oh my know? goodness, look at yeah. that. This is a shiny. It kind of matches my shirt. Whoops. Kind of matches my shirt a little bit. But yeah, here's the Fiore. Um, oh. But lately I was grabbing, um, I had a couple, a couple protos lying around. So I turned them into baritones. So this mm. one has like 14 gauge strings on it and it's tuned to A. Um, <laughs> So I'm I'm working out the tracks from my next record because I got to start playing them in front of people All right, <laughs> soon. Yeah. So anyway, I saw that you're going to to play a couple live gigs already in a, in a quite near future, right? I saw yeah, like we've got a, mm -hmm. yep, we have a handful of them here in the in in Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, mm -hmm. a couple kind of like small club gigs that we're going to be doing. So yeah, I mean you know taking it one gig at a time, making sure it's you know, safe. And we wouldn't do it if we didn't feel comfortable mm. playing there, you know, so there, these are venues that are handling it the right way, you know, as far as we're concerned. So yeah, man, it's starting to, starting to come back around, thankfully. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, finally. It's, it's, a, it's about time. It was a long hiatus of life. Long, well, yeah. I don't know if we're, I don't think we're out of the woods yet, but hopefully we can kind of get going in the right direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think people are going to, Sorry, Dan, carry no, on. No. How do you think people are going to react to live music again when it comes back? Well, I hope they still think we sound good. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been playing in quite a long time, but, um, you know, I'd like to say that it's just going to go back to normal. We'll see. You know, and I think a lot of it's, there's probably going to be some different, you know, rules as far as how fans can participate and watch and things like that. But, um, you know, every venue is different. I mean, even just down to the way that the place is set up physically is going to determine how they can handle a gig, where their bar is located versus where the tables are versus the, the you know, the theater seating or if it's standing room or whatever. So I think each club's going to hopefully handle it in their own specific right way. You know, and I think people will 
just hopefully abide by whatever <laughs> rules are in place and, and, uh, and do their part so that we can keep doing the stuff, you know, and, and, and maybe I think maybe people might be a little bit more generous about, you know, spending some money to see a band or buying some merch at the end of the night or something. Um, because they know that, you know, they know that a lot of us have been without income for a year. Uh, so, but I, again, you know, the fans have been without income too. a lot of them. So we'll have to, have to help, help each other out. I think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. How's, how's the pre-sales been so far? Is there a lot of appreciation from people that are, you know, finally able to, to get back to, to venue and see people play live music so far? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in Texas, um, live music, especially where I live has always been a big part of the community. And so I think people are just ready to go. Awesome. ready to get back to it, you know, and, and cool. handle it. So, yeah. Yeah. And you, you're going to bring a full bag of new and amazing songs. I think the last uh, song that I caught up was star catchers featuring Steve Lukather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll be playing that one, but without Steve, Yeah. <laughs> you can't Unless bring him. He wants to come and I don't know. I got to ask him like, Hey man, you want to come to Fort Worth for a gig? You might <laughs> do it. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So that, yeah, I have this record come out in uh, April 16th. It's the second baritone sessions record. And, um, so I'm working up as many tunes of that as possible that I can play as a quartet and still have it, you know, have the same power because obviously there's a lot of parts on the records and stuff like that. So, but I think the grooves are there and the compositions are strong that it'll translate it with a smaller band. So yeah, man. Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited to be so excited to be in a room with your music right now because I have this it's almost a fear that when I go to my first live concert, I'm just gonna freak out and and start doing something that I would call dancing, but uh <laughs> flailing my flailing my <laughs> limbs. Um, you know, I, I just remember all these times where I thought I, I quite like to dance to this music, but I, I don't have the, you know, I've just got that little thing that I'm holding on to my, my, my fear of, of not dancing in front of people. Mm -hmm. and I just think that's going to go straight out of the window and I'm going to regret all those times that I didn't take the plunge of yeah. interacting. Well, and, um, you know, yeah. the, a live gig is a safe space in terms of dancing. Like it's yeah. whatever you want to do. If you want to freak out, that's great. Cause we on the stunt stage respond to that. You know, if everyone's freaking out, I'm having a great time. If everyone is quiet and intently listening and hanging on every note, I'm having a great time. So, yeah. So do you, man. <laughs> I, I absolutely intend to. <laughs> absolutely. Um, people in the live chat are very happy that you're here. So thank you so much for joining oh, us pleasure. on the Thanks podcast. Thanks man. For sure. Yeah, it's um we've been really looking forward to this one. We we look forward to obviously all of our guests, you know, to be diplomatic. But um <laughs> I'm sure there were a few that were just like, Oh, we got this guy on now. What are we gonna yeah. talk to him about? <laughs> well that, no. that's when we don't have I a guest. I hated his last record. What are we gonna <laughs> talk to him about? <laughs> but thank you. You've been very kind so far. Happy to be here. Good. Ticking some boxes. Yeah. Dan, did you did you have any special questions so far to get us on track? Yeah, actually, I, I was I was interested because you know Mark is releasing his second baritone um, album. Uh, would he be interested in playing a guitar like we just saw the the ball in thing with that interesting tuning and and bass and, and and guitar crossover? Is that something for you? Let me let me show you on screen just to to bring it oh, back okay. again. Yeah, I don't know what you're um, talking about, or maybe I do. All right, okay. Well, they they <laughs> <laughs> they just they just uh, uh, finished a a special instrument that uh, here it is. Oh, that. Used, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, um, one of the, yeah, that's right. I saw the PRS is one of their main tech dudes posted oh, wow. that. And oh, cause okay. I, he was part of the team that was working on it. I didn't even know that was happening, but that thing is <laughs> wild looking. Cause he, cause Wes played a guitar like that. I think I remember seeing it like in the Nookie video. You yeah, know, correct. Correct. Like yeah. 14 or whatever. <laughs> um, but that looks wild. Yeah. Um, Actually, when I don't I have saw, anything like that. <laughs> yeah, you should probably ask Paul to build you one like that because that I might. Make if I ask him, to, if I throw any more ideas at them, they're going to be like, "Dude, just take a second. <laughs> Wait a minute." <laughs> so. We're we're very like, or not, I mean, every artist is very specific when it comes to signature guitar. But what was, uh, especially on the Fiore, what was the part where you were the most difficult to deal with, or the more the most specific when it comes to how you wanted it to to turn out? Was that mm. the pickups? Was that, I don't know, the, the design? Um, a little bit of, a little bit of both maybe. I mean, uh, since it is kind of a newer body style for them, um, yeah. and you know, so we did adjust some geometry back and forth to kind of get it to feel right, but also look right, uh -huh. you know? Um, so that was, that was a challenge, not a challenge, but that was something that we put a lot of effort into to make sure that it worked, worked, worked well. And then with the pickups, we did kind of go back and forth with different windings. And, um, cause what I wanted with this guitar is I wanted all the positions to sound good and I wanted mm. them to all be usable. And so that's part of the reason why we just developed our own pickups because it's, we just thought, well, look, we can just get in here and get it exactly the way we want it. And because it does do some, some kind of fancy switching things. And so I didn't want it to like just have a bunch of features that were all sort of like kind of good. <laughs> like yeah. I wanted them to all be awesome. Yeah. And so we figured that winding our own pickups would be the best way to get that. But that required a little bit of effort, um, you know, balancing the treble. We got the bottom end good the, the way I wanted it. And then it was kind of like figuring out where we wanted to put the treble level because sometimes it would be a little too bright. Sometimes it wouldn't be bright enough. And then that's just talking about the neck pickup. Then we had to combine that with how it would feel with the bridge pickup where we went back and forth with how hot it needed to be. Yeah. Um, you know, my experience with a lot of times with humbuckers and the bridge of sort of bolt on style guitars is that they're either not powerful enough or they're they just overpower the whole guitar yeah. and so i wanted a nice little even keel and it's it's a humbucker that i can play clean which i don't normally do um so it's kind of cool to have that functionality out of it so yeah we spent a lot of time on the pickups for sure was was the, the bridge humbucker was that like the toughest pickup or was it like equally like the uh, hardest one to nail down yeah, yeah 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 um yeah maybe so maybe so um, cause when we first started, I, I, I wanted, I thought in my head, I wanted some kind of more vintagey sounding thing, but then we found that the neck pickup was just kicking its ass. Yeah, yeah. And so that, you don't want that, but I didn't want to like take anything away from the neck pickup. So we just kind of had to start keep adding wines to the, to the bridge pickup till it got to where it needed to be without going too far over the edge. And what I noticed with it, you know, because I don't use uh, high gain. Like I don't use gain channels on amps. Really. I do everything with pedals. Mm -hmm. And so I was very in tune to like, okay, this, I need the pickup to kind of give me that little extra push into those dirt pedals that kind of gives you that nice sustain, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was what we were trying to get to. Um, and then as a result, I found that the thing 
sounds really, really great with like plugins and modeling stuff too. For whatever reason, it's it. I mean, it sounds awesome with like a Kemper, which is I see you've got one there behind your head. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got one right here. And, uh, I use that on sessions all the time. So it's, yeah, it was like this, it just needed to sound good no matter what I plugged it into. And it did. It does. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You've been, uh, using the neuro DSP stuff. Um, I saw you yeah, posting man. about, it and I am so impressed with that stuff. It is just, it's, it's next level. It not even but next level. Really, it's like a, a new, a new circle. Yeah. They changed my mind on plugins, uh, for sure. And cause I, you know, I hadn't really, or the ones that I was used up until that point, I was like, eh, okay. But yeah, you know, so yeah, I, I used it a whole bunch on, on the next baritone record. Cool. Yeah. And are you using it cleans or are you, are you driving uh, all, or all of them, man? Yeah. I, I have a couple packs. I have, uh, my buddy Corey Wong's pack. I have, uh, Pliny, crazy cat. I got his pack uh, and Tosin. So all the homies gave me their, <laughs> gave me their stuff. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Um, and yeah, so I was using a combination of those for for different parts on the record, and um, and I use them on sessions too. People send me tracks. Um, oh. Yeah, it's just an, it's another very usable uh, tool. I find. Yeah. Absolutely. We got the, the new SLO plugin. Tom Quayle is saying that uh, the SLO plugin is excellent. Oh, cool. I bet it is. I have not tried that. I'd like to uh, I'd have a go on that one. I, I'm really into <laughs> plugins because of the, you know, the, um, the convenience, but also yeah. quite like the pictures. <laughs> the graphics are solid. Yeah. I don't know if it does their design, but it's very great designs. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know what I'd be just be honest, you know, it's just like it looks pretty. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You're a simple man. That's how simple I got man. married. That's how I met my wife. I was like, You look pretty. I like it. <laughs> and, then, and then she was like, Well, yeah, I guess you're okay. <laughs> I tolerate you. I tolerate you. Oh, you're a musician. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, is, is that? Do you find that um, uh, you get a few extra points for being a musician at the beginning of a relationship, and then well, you, they, they sort of sort of deteriorate throughout the years? No, or? <laughs> I, I man, I lucked out totally. She's the best, and and she was around, you know, when it was like, hey, babe, I'm going on tour with these guys, uh, Snarky Puppy. Um, we're gonna sleep on floors, and I'm gonna bring home ten dollars. <laughs> and she was like, okay, have fun. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, you're living the dream. I'm like, I guess I kind of am. I love you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So yeah, she's, she's the best. So were you already married at that point? uh, No, no, we, uh, we've married about nine years. So, but we dated, like she was my girlfriend throughout a lot of the sleeping on floors years. Uh, Uh, so, you know, yeah. She got a nice engagement ring. <laughs> oh, I bet she walks with an extra pep in her step these days. Yeah, I'm I, sure she's I, very I, proud. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know. I'll send her this. She can be like, "What? Are you, stop talking about me on your podcast. Stop it. What about the other guys? Right. Um, I'm just asking for the people in the chat if they have any questions for you, because I know our chat people are very, very polite and very nice people. Hey, that's and awesome. Congrats on being like the one podcast where that's like a thing. 
Yeah. No, genuinely, this is, is a thing. they're so nice, aren't they, Dan? They're, um... Yeah, lovely. I mean, that's that was the whole the whole proposition when we started the podcast. It, 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 we didn't want to rant about stuff. We just wanted to do what we love to talk gear and just be positive and you know that's awesome. enthuse others about that and not you know be you know uh, this player is better than this player and this brand sucks and no you know, space so. for that. Yeah. No, no, I think I, usually the the whole guitar scene seems to be a little too competitive when it comes to that. And I always mm. admire that when I see, you know, Tyrone Lockett and Mike Johnson and, and those kind of the drummers that that community is very closely. Isn't that weird? That, yeah. Drummers yes. are so nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and bass players too. It's just guitar players that are, <laughs> I hope I'm a nice, I hope I'm one of the nice guys. I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, I think if you're not, you, you wouldn't know. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> But I just asked if I was. So does that mean I'm an asshole? I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, we're, we're here to find out today. <laughs> leave, a cha- leave an F in the chat if I completely <laughs> offended everybody. I heard a quote that um, nobody hates guitars more than guitar players. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's so true. And there's so much negativity out there that we don't want to to push that around anymore it's so easy and it's so easy to get traction when you're being negative you know with headlines and things it's actually weirdly harder to to get more traction and attention when you're being positive which is ridiculous but it doesn't matter it's it's i love guitars i have loved guitars since i I first picked one up i want to spread that love and uh, spread it all over yeah (laughs) <laughs> safely of course safely right. in 2021 yeah. <laughs> responsibly right spread responsibly so mark coming going back to the whole guitar stories idea like apart from the fiore which is of course number one guitar at the moment because it's it's your signature guitar and i think also your mom drew the uh the trust right uh, yeah. flower and and so wow. there's a lot of heart a lot of emotion in that guitar but mm-hmm. going back to your long history of guitars and the whole arsenal of instruments you're using, you know, so many diverse guitars. What is your like guitar where you have a specific story with? Is it like the first baritone guitar you picked up Mm. because it opened that whole universe? Was it your first, the very first guitar because, you know, it it enthused you about guitar playing? Is there any like special instrument that one guitar apart from the signature guitar that you, that you would grab? Well, you know, there's a couple all right. So if you don't mind me talking about a couple of them. Good love. <laughs> go, um, go, go. Yeah. Well, here, I'll just start. I'll just start grabbing things. Yeah, please. Uh, yes. So, so, whoops, sorry. So this one I've had forever and it started out, I got it when I was 15, 16 from a guitar center and it's a standard Strat, but it's sort of been very highly modified um, and I'll never get rid of it because it uh-huh. sort of was like my first real cool Strat. You know, so why, you know, that's it. Uh, It's got a a Don Grosh neck. Don is one of the finest builders in the world. Um, And he put a new neck on this thing. So because of the the original fender neck had just totally warped. Um, But I've always I've been changing a million pickups out and doing switching things and all kinds. So it's almost kind of like a project, not a project guitar, but like I've done a lot of things to it just to try out sounds and see what works. And so. Um, this guitar is special because it was like on all the early snarky puppy stuff that I did. It was on my very first solo album. Uh, it was like, like this guitar with the old Fender neck and very different pickups were like this and a Fender DeVille 212 amp was like my rig mm. forever. 
you know, and that DeVille is in the closet actually. Um, unfortunately it doesn't really work anymore, but things like that, like get gear that I, that was with me during like the real formative years of, uh-huh. of gigging and grinding and hustling, which i still do <laughs> a lot of, a lot of hustling, but, um, the gear like that, I'll never get rid of, you know, um, I don't really get rid of stuff anyway, but those things always hold a lot of, a lot of memory. Uh, let's see. I mean, the first, the first baritone is just this Dan Electro here. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Which I bought, you know, uh, I think I ordered it from Chicago music exchange or something. Cause I just needed a baritone sound for right. studio stuff. But then one day I, I started going, whatever. I started playing funk on it and I was like, okay, so this is a thing (laughs) that I have not done before. Let's make music that way. So that's, that was very important. Um, and was that transition for you? Was that hard in terms of, you know, string gauge and how, how, you know, because that's like, you're, you kind of, you, you save that in your memory with the bendings and where the frets are sure. and the baritone guitar is quite different universe. Like well, how was this transition like for you? Well, it, it really just was mostly a way for me to focus on rhythm and riffs, not okay. so much lead playing or melody. I mean, I kind of understood that that was not going to be an element on the baritone <laughs> okay. guitar necessarily, which is kind of why I have started putting these larger strings on these Fiores to kind of like see if I can get more of like a sport baritone, (laughs) like one that I can play standing up and maybe play more leads or melodic stuff, but also get the baritone feel because, I mean, these things is like playing one of these standing up is like a hockey stick. (laughs) And so it's, it's not super conducive to the baritone funk style of playing, which is sort of a very athletic style of rhythm guitar. Um, but you can't beat the sound of an old Dan Electro or this bocce baritone too. That's a really special guitar. Um, this guy, this is the one that's on all the fearless flyers stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's a bigger, it's not quite as long as the Dano, but it's just long enough, but it, I had it built out like a telly. You know, um, so it's got another kind of new, newer, sort of more opening telly kind of baritone yeah. sound. And actually, I, um, I really like the idea. But you've got a bass pickup and guitar pickups on it. So it's like a right. Thing. You it's can like run the them into separate outfits if you want yeah. to. Yeah. That's nice. Um, but uh, and then, you know, and of course, like this is this is the family, the family heirloom, the, the, the blue Don Garage. Like I said, I mean, Don is one of the finest builders. And, and so I ordered this oh gosh 2014 i think <laughs> and this is an important really important guitar because it really kind of helped me chase that sound that i hear in my head you know mm-hmm. that that ended up developing into the fiore um so this is on a whole bunch of records this is on a whole bunch of solo records a million projects um so yeah this this guitar ain't going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man but you know i mean it all kind of kind of culminated in in this guy which was which was my opportunity to really like take all the influences sonically that I've had and like all right let's let's put it in a guitar and see if we can get it out there in a way that you know anyone can kind of go and order one of these and pick it up and do their mm-hmm. thing with it mm-hmm. so 
long history of sound in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. So how, how was, how was working with, with Paul on that guitar? Was that like, did you share the same vocabulary or was that, that some sort of getting, getting, you know, to know each other and kind of, you know, finding sure. the same, the same vibe? Um, it, we hit it off pretty, pretty good. Um, because I think we're both just super passionate about stuff. Yeah. We just have really different ways of getting there, of getting to the results, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a guitar builder. And he plays mm -hmm. also, yeah. um, which is very important, you know, so he's got his hands on a guitar all the time playing. Um, but he understands the technical aspects of designing and building that I just don't, I, I've never studied those things. I know what I like to hear. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and so that was sort of my bringing, th that's what I brought was what I like to hear and what I like to feel. And then he was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then these are the things that we need to do. And I'm going to speak to you in millimeters and centimeters and wire terminology and fret blah, blah, blah. And all these, and I just went, all right, <laughs> you know, like, well, if we shave a millimeter off here, then that's going to do this. And I was like, I don't know, whatever. Okay. Do that. You know? Um, <laughs> so it was a cool, cause I had never done a, I don't know, you know, I'd never been part of an arrangement like that where we were really kind of just trying to, come up with something new or something new, you know, that, that was a different thing that I had never done and they had, they're working to do. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think he got used to my sense of humor. I hope <laughs> <laughs> I felt like answer. maybe I was the little annoying nephew or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but he was a, yeah, I mean, the guy's a friggin' genius. So it's like, you know, if Paul asks, if Paul says, Hey man, you want to build a guitar? You say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, let's go. So it was fun. Yeah. So, so really how long, good times. how long did the whole process take you from, from the first sketches and, and getting talks with, with PRS until like, um, the final kind of prototype? Yeah. Well, I had been playing their stuff for a number of years, mm -hmm. just using the, their five, nine, four. So from a humbucker standpoint, Yeah. So of course I was a fan of the the brand and the quality of absolutely. Um, but I guess it was about a year. Yeah. It was pr pretty much all of 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. We started doing it. Yeah. So you made so, good use of the lockdown and, and being stuck. Well, <laughs> kinda, I mean, you know, they, cause they were closed for a lot of it. And yeah. so, um, we probably, uh, I guess if we, if we were on a, some sort of a schedule, we were working a lot faster maybe than we needed to, because we were, you know, we had a, we wanted to try to have something for the NAM show in 2021. And, and, you know, we did, thankfully we didn't cut any corners. We were able to get it out exactly the way we wanted it right then. Um, so, you know, decisions were made in turn, you know, in, in regards to that sort of timeline, but thankfully they were all the right decisions, you know, so. Sounds very, very good. I mean, yeah. the final product is, is probably one of the, let's say, most um, un-Puresi guitars from, from the last <laughs> couple of years because it's it's a bolt-on, firstly. Right. It's, uh, you know, it's it's not as flashy as like a private stock with a 5A top and everything. Yeah. It's more like a workhorse and a, a performance guitar, so to say, but with a specific uh, design kind of, or a different aesthetic, like more like, I would say even more European aesthetic, maybe. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> What so, do you mean by more European? Then? 
Yeah, I don't know because it's not it's not like high, faster, stronger, higher. It's more like a little bit more subtle. It's more more reduced. It's got that kind of more classic look, like you know. Cool. Being okay, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. That's what we were going for. I, I didn't yeah. want to. Um, I didn't want something that screamed, look at me. I just want something that was classy and, and sounded badass. Uh, because you know, all the great guitars of the past are those kinds of instruments. Um, and so, you know, we took, I mean, it is still, a you know, it is still very much a PRS in this, you know, we've got the, the bottom cavity here that's carved out and the body shape is sort of a combination of a couple different things that they had already built. Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, had, had experimented with, so it's not totally off the block. Like t- it's totally, it's not completely unrelated, um, but it is its own voice. And, and that was what I thought was cool about working with them. Cause they were okay with that. Yep. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, it was very much like a, Hey, let's do your thing. What is that going to look like? And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And so that's, you know, that's what we did. They really had an artist, artist forward, you know, artist facing forward kind of, uh, method with, with designing the guitars. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, and of course, you know, we're not going to ditch the, the headstock. So it's still, it's still very much a PR. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll put what like, you know, maybe we'll do a flame maple dragon inlay. <laughs> Unicorns, unicorns no. playing baseball on the fretboard no. or something like that. <laughs> but only I get to have that one. All right, <laughs> there you go. And it only comes in SE, so yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So, so I um, um, yeah, please. No, I was just thinking about an SE. I know it's way, way early days, but an SE version would be phenomenal also. I think that okay, opens a lot of cool. doors. Well, hey, you know, I mean, there's, there's, this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship, as they say. Yes, definitely. So, who knows what's going to happen in the future? Did you, did you get some response so far? Because like, did the guitar already hit shelves or is it still like? Not yet. I think it's still a, a little bit. Um, Okay. I want I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I feel like it's late spring, early summer, maybe when they're yeah. going to be, be ready. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're, you're, they're on, you can get them everywhere. Now you just have to pre-order them. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be like a, a very special feeling once your fans will be, you know, posting about, Oh, I picked up the new Lajeri and look at that. And oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to respond to that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I did a little bit with the, with the melody overdrive pedal. And that was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like what? Like yeah. <laughs> people buying, you know, cool. But yeah, I think with a guitar, you know, that's something I've thought about since I was a young kid. And so, yeah, that'll be a, That'll be a cool, and hopefully people are liking it. Hopefully they're not like, I got the Latiri thing and it sucked. It sucks. <laughs> Going back in the bag and returned. I hope Sweetwater has free shipping or whatever. <laughs> free return shipping. But I think people will like it. I think yeah. they'll like it. Everyone I've let play it, I have to give it. I, hey man, I need that because I got to do the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, can you hook me up with with Paul? We, right. We, two weeks ago, we had Richard Shaw from Cradle of Filth on the on the podcast, and he oh, was cool. pretty intrigued too. All right, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah man. I've I've messaged him actually because he he forgot to I forgot to remind him and he's obviously a busy guy he's moving house at the moment but he he will be joining us at some point in the chat. Um, All right. Assume cool. he's he's doing so, but yeah, he he was very excited about um, watching this episode. So it's, it's nice to to keep it in the family and keep all uh, yeah. all guitar What's players up, enjoying others. Yeah, man. <laughs> 
Um, cool. You mentioned your pedal uh, just a moment ago. I'd love to talk about um, your pedal board that you posted on Instagram, um, oh, okay. your, your most recent port, uh, post. And I've got a photo that I can drag on screen. There it is. Hey, there it is. Good, because it's in my car. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't about you to could just get it. Drive your car into the room. But um, <laughs> that is a working guitar player's pedal board. That is not a poser's pedal board. That is a working. Oh, I mean, it's, it's got some great stuff on it, but. You know, sometimes I love the fact that you said, um, I think you wrote that you wired it yourself if you can't see. And um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So, the the my buddy up at Revelation Cable um, pre cut the little little patch cables for me. So, there's a nice and clean, but uh, underneath where the power is routed, it looks like a crime scene. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just detritus everywhere, you know. Uh, so, Maybe I'll, you know, kind of fix that, but it works. It's not noisy. doesn't explode or catch fire. So, <laughs> you know. And you sent me down a rabbit hole, actually, because you said that the, the M5 has been modded and I can see the mm-hmm. little sticker on there now I'm looking, but now they don't do that mod anymore. Which he does um, not, unfortunately. Yeah, I um, I it's on his website. I think it was something with the, I don't know, there's some sort of components reliability issue that he was running into, yeah. so which is a shame. Um, but Jack makes great stuff. He makes his own pedals too. So I would say everybody go check that out. I, I have, and I would uh, I would agree with you. Uh, yeah. It's another another wonderful pedal rabbit hole to go down and, and definitely spend some more money on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What's yep. um what is your your kind of um your dream gear that you don't have yet? I know that's a really oh, wow. standard staple question. <laughs> okay. Um, that I don't have yet. I got to think. You know, this might not be, a, this probably is the answer you were thinking, but I would really like an old 70s Fender jazz bass. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just don't have that sound. And I do a lot of my own bass playing here for, um, well, not actually a lot, but uh, sometimes I'll play bass on my own records. Um, but I need that old jazz bass sound, and I don't have that. So, if you know a guy or gal that would like to bless me with one of those, I will <laughs> which, receive it. Which year? Are we talking early seventies or late seventies into the the eighties, um, or probably like a, yeah, early to mid. You know, I don't know, like seventy three. I guess I don't know if I have like a year necessarily, but as long as it doesn't yeah, weigh eight billion pounds, I know some of those were pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be cool to have, I think. I was in a band in, I think, about 2008 with a guy who had a 73 jazz bass in natural finish. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very short. And I kid you not, the bass was almost as tall as he was when he put it on the floor. <laughs> and we had to very often, we, we could not play in certain keys because he couldn't reach the notes. <laughs> wow. He was so small and oh, it, it belonged to his grandfather. And it was, it okay. was some kind of heirloom. And it was, when you said that, it just took me straight back to, to playing in that band where I couldn't oh, go man. in certain keys. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, that was I mean, a fun I guess time. You get a Fender, what is it? The Mustang is the one that's Mustang, the, yeah. Which are those are really great bases, actually. Those are really fun to play. Absolutely, yeah, I've, I've had a lot 70s, of fun. Seventies jazz bass would be really cool to have. Uh huh. And right. do you play? Forgive me, but do you play bass like a guitar player, or do you really play <laughs> bass? You know, like like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I get listen to the music, and you can tell me. I have, I guess. and, and but, I'm okay, surprised well, that's you. That's some of it's me. Some of it's our real bass players, but I try to play like a bass player. Um, 
because I don't think I have the, I don't play with a pick sometimes. I mean, sometimes I will, if the sound needs it, but I play with my thumb a lot, but not like slap, just sort of like thumb and fingers. So I try to kind of keep it. So it's, uh, more groove based rather than lick based. <laughs> so <clears throat> but the, yeah. the claw method, those the claw two. method. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not just me then. Okay. I've, I've been working on modding a bass recently and, um, oh, okay. uh, uh, in fact, I can I can talk about it now because the video is coming out tomorrow. Did you see um, the Grammys? Of course, um, nice work uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, with um, Annie Clements. She had the the base of the future. No, I think I missed that. She can I grab it out? It's a jazz base with a um, with this keyboard underneath. <laughs> so she's she's modded. Hang on, oh my! Where's my bass? Oh, it's out in the in the workshop. Um, she has this bass. I've got to bring the photo up now. And sorry, the bass with a keyboard, a synth bass, um, attached to that bass. Cool. So she's doing synth parts in in I think in the verse and bass guitar parts in the chorus, or That's possibly the other way around. Um, and there's a whole video of her doing it, a four minute video of her explaining how she does it and what it's built of. And it's just screwed on there with some wood. It's really cool. That's like, cool. yeah, well, um, dang, I'm, I'm bummed. I missed that. I got to find that. That's, that's cool. It's, 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 it's just one of those things that, um, you see it and you think she, she wasn't the focus of the show, of course, because there was the, the singer who I've totally forgotten who it was. Um, but that's who I was watching. I was like, what's going on back there? I want to know. <laughs> Cool. Um, so I, I really recommend checking that out and the, and the Grammys performance. Um, right. I'll, I'll see if I can bring up a photo at some point in the conversation. Okay. To, uh, um, or someone can drop me one in the chat because I guarantee someone else has had the same feeling as me. And even right. on another another podcast that aired yesterday, they were talking about it. So I feel like a, th- a content thief right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Mark, um, uh, I think Andy already uh, pointed out your um, like specific playing style. Did you start on the guitar actually, or did you like learn another instrument first and then kind of transitioned to the guitar? No, I started on guitar. Uh, I remember like super young, my parents asked if I wanted piano lessons. We didn't even have a piano in the house, um, but the neighbor kids did, and, and they were taking piano lessons. And at that age, you know, seven, eight, or whatever piano lessons just meant that they couldn't come outside and play with me. <laughs> and I was like, so no, hell no, I don't want piano lessons. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ride my bike, you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there was no piano lessons. And then guitar, I kind of just stumbled upon uh, because my parents had one or two old acoustics in the house. Just my dad plays a little bit. My mom had bought one at some point in her life thinking she was going to learn and then never did. <laughs> and so I just kind of stumbled upon it that that way and then it be you know turned into what it is so um but yeah i mean i started like fooling around the bass like in high school but didn't right. really i never really owned one until maybe after college i guess mm-hmm. um and i don't really play i can kind of i mean i program stuff on a midi keyboard for keyboard parts and drums and stuff like that but i'm i'm not a keyboard player mm-hmm. i'm really just a guitar player who owns basses <laughs> except the seventies <70s, laughs> except the seventies jazz bass. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> yeah. But we went over that. Just a guitar yeah. player. A very dare. Well, yeah, but 
But Andy, there's something that something that Mark owns because last time I saw him play, that was at uh, uh-huh. the concert uh, prior to NAM 2020, and he was playing with Andy Wood, uh, who else? Phil Phil X, Andy Timmons, yeah, right. That was a fun. Ariel Posen, and all those guys. They were they were playing beautifully and shredding and going up and down the neck and screaming and yelling. And then Mark had a solo spot, and he was completely owning the pocket. Like he was wow, laid back, wow. and he was just. He was the, the the contrary to a lot of those guys that were just going faster and duh, 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 and he was just grooving like hell and that was that was uh, one of the moments where I felt like all right he doesn't want to be like another Van Halen or whatever he just wants to be the best iteration of himself. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, well, thanks. I mean, first of all, like those guys are some of my dearest friends and heroes too, and so I think what's beautiful about those kinds of jams is that especially with that crew, everyone is able to do what they do at yeah. a really high level, you yeah. know? And like Andy Wood, for example, my dear friend, we don't play anything alike, but we both know how to have a really cool, unique musical conversation between the two of us because we are mature musicians who listen, yeah. you know? So he can do his thing. I can do my thing. And then the crowd just gets a really great bang for their yeah. buck on the ticket price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, I love, I love situations like that where everyone is unique and everyone has their own voice and everyone lets the other player do what they want. Like I never have been in a situation with players like that, where I felt like I had to compete or I felt like I had to one up the next guy mm-hmm. or anything. And I don't, hopefully I don't, you know, the other fellows don't feel like that either. I mean, that's kind of why we're all there is yeah. because we all have like such mutual respect to let each cat do what they do. You know, I mean, you had like Ariel and Timmons are two totally different sounding, yeah. you know, and Josh and Phil, Phil X, of course. Right. So yeah. if you really listen hard, everyone's really different, no matter yeah. how many yeah. notes they're playing or not playing. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I wish. Yeah, I wish. Um, man, I wish we could have done that again this year, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that no, that's fun. a very special bunch of guys. They, they, all of them know where the volume knob is and they know when to dial it yeah. back and, and leave, you I know, mean, leave those the guys, if else. you look up the word pro in the dictionary, there's a picture of those fellas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause I've been in a lot of jam sessions with a lot of guitar players where it is just a mess yeah. and I cannot wait to get off the stage. But with those cats, it's like, can we, Go. How many more tunes we know? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know we should have made the list of songs longer. We gotta yeah. get out of here. You know, yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, so man. How how is how how is it when you when you uh, like shift between various um, music situations between the, you know playing those superstar jams and playing with Snarky Puppy and then playing with with your own you know solo album. How do you, how do you transition equipment wise? And also like from your like musical approach to it, Mm -hmm. how is that? Well, you know, my equipment actually doesn't really change. Okay. Um, I'm at a point now where I'm getting my sound and I know what it, and I pretty much know what it is, or I know where I need to be with it in order to not only be myself, but to approach the music with what, you know, the music needs. Um, snarky puppy, for example, I might change out a couple pedals. Um, I might bring another guitar that's set up more for slide mm-hmm. because there is something with that. There is some slide guitar in the gig. Um, and then pedal wise, you know, with it, with snarky puppy, there's three of us in the band, three guitar players in the band. And there's parts on the records that I didn't play that have a specific sound and feel that I need to be able to emulate in my own language, but emulate them so that they still feel like part of the composition. Um, 
So with a band like that, you know, I'm called upon to really play parts. Um, and, and, you know, do it, like I said, kind of do it in my own language, but also do it to where I am honoring the original part and honoring the, the composition. It's not just an excuse to be like, Hey, it's my turn. You want to hear how I think this should sound? It's not like that. You know, that's why they give me guitar solos. <laughs> so I, can do, I can do, you know, go be weird on the, you know, express myself that way. Um, but yeah, gear wise, it's pretty much, pretty much the, the same stuff throughout all the gigs. I mean, with fearless flyers, it's really very specific because I'm just playing baritone and it's attached to a microphone stand. So there's like a whole other thing there. And we don't really use pedals. I mean, I might bring a small board. Um, I play some leads in that band. So I might bring an overdrive pedal for some leads if I need to do that, uh, on a baritone, which is always fun and challenging. (laughs) Um, but you know, uh, if I'm doing a side sideman gig or a session or something, it's pretty much that board that, that I posted, uh, and then two or three guitars, depending on if it's a session, I'll usually bring a single coil guitar and a humbucker guitar uh-huh. and then, you know, an acoustic or something like that. Uh, and then that pedal board and then maybe a Kemper or one of my amps, or if I'll maybe use an amp at the studio. Um, I, I bring enough stuff to get in trouble, but I never bring too much stuff <laughs> to where I'm just not using any of it. Um, <laughs> So, but really, I mean, no matter what the gig, my job, even in my own stuff is to really just play the tune, play the composition, you know, don't really play guitar, play the song with a guitar. (laughs) Does that make sense? I know that might sound a little bit esoteric, but, um, you know, especially in my thing, because sometimes we play as a trio and I play a lot of guitar solos and that, and that thing. And when we jam and move around but but if i don't play the compositions right it, it, the crowd just, it just sounds like dudes up there screwing around you know or the guitar players up there screwing around <laughs> uh so i you know i because with that music i write the songs to, to be songs so i gotta mm-hmm. play them like songs um so that, that's how i approach everything man i gotta i gotta play the i gotta play the gig i gotta play the songs and i'm just happening to do it on a guitar i'm not up there to just play the guitar mm-hmm. so I think it'd be quite it's lonely to just play the guitar. I think it's much more fun. You know, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> well, it's, it's very, it's, you end up sounding very selfish. Yes. And that, that to me, that yeah, sounds you know like I mean? a nightmare. It sounds horrible. It's, it's all about, for me, at least, and it sounds the same for you, a bit about making music together and the connections right. you make. And I, I often try and explain this like to my kids about music and I don't push music upon them, but it's the relationships <laughs> you build with other musicians. It's kind of like, being on a sports team, but no one loses, and you have that yeah. the camaraderie, and there's no competition. However, the I guess the winner is everybody when everybody is um, right. having fun and, and performing well, including the audience. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Anything you can do in a musical situation to elevate the other people on the bandstand, if that's needed, you know, uh, is gonna is important. And a lot of times that means you doing less. Uh, making space for someone else. Maybe you're making space for someone that you can tell is having a bad night, right? Give them room to, to correct themselves. It's like, you like, you bring up the sports analogy. It's like, if there's a wide receiver talking American football who keeps, who's dropped a couple passes, keep throwing it to him. Uh-huh. He'll, he's going to catch it. You give them chances to, to work that back into their rhythm and into their groove. And then once they start catching them, they never drop the pass and they're scoring touchdown after touchdown. So it's the same with, with music, I think, 
That's good advice. Very good advice. I like that. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or passing the ball. What in football? You know, what do you guys play with your feet? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so is is there, you know, um when when you want to improve on your especially on your timing and on the groove, you know, one of the you know most mentioned recommendations is using a metronome. But is there mm -hmm. any specific advice or any any kind of way how you you know, improved on that and, and kind of reached that point where you really are able to own that pocket and then mm -hmm. really lock in with, with a, a, a pro drummer. Is sure. there, a, yeah. um, well, you know, it's interesting. I started really paying attention to the metronome a lot later in life than I probably should have. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I, 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 I played along to a lot of records growing up. And so that helped, I think with my time feel, uh, and I also, so just was blessed with being able to play with solid drummers. That's just an experiential thing that, you know, was unique to me. And just for whatever reason, the drummers I ended up with were really great and really mm -hmm. solid. And so that, that the great, but you know, now I'm very conscious of metronome because so much of what I'm doing is on a studio session level, uh, you mm -hmm. know? And so, so I do, I do put in some work in that respect. Now, one thing that I do, and I've talked to a lot of people in clinics about this is because they asked the same, same question. Um, if you have like a DAW that you can use a logic or pro tools or whatever the heck it is these days, um, if you record, you can do, this is kind of cool. Bring in like a drum loop. Okay. Come up with a groove for yourself and record yourself playing to the drum loop. No click, right? Mute the drum loop, turn the click on and see how you sound. Oh, wow. That's okay. cool. And see how you, and listen to how you listen to how you sound, listen to how the part feels that you came up with. Right. And then do the reverse. Just record yourself to the click, hopefully with the same feel. Turn the click off, put the drum loop in and see how it works with the drum loop. Right. And then pretty soon you can kind of start hearing the differences of where you what you need to work on. You know, generally with. If metronomes are, are very revealing. So the, the idea behind all this is you do enough of it, you learn how to make the metronome groove. Mm -hmm. You make it a part of the band. That's, right? a, that's amazing. Approach, that's really so well, simple. You know, I think it was Wayne Krantz that said that okay. actually. Um, <laughs> he, he looks at him. Yeah. Talk about time feel. He's figured it out. Um, <laughs> he said uh, <clears throat> that he just looks at it as another member of the rhythm section. Okay. And I was like, whoa, you're right. The click is just a really good percussionist. <laughs> so I want to play with that guy. He's really good. Uh, you know, I want to play with this really great percussionist. So yeah, the click can be your friend in that respect. You can you do enough of the practice. You can learn how to groove with the click. But yeah, that whole turning the drum loop thing on and off is, is pretty cool. And it's very revealing and kind of will make you feel like shit for a little while, <laughs> yeah. but then you get it together, you know, I am so stealing it's that and claiming that as my own. Yeah. <laughs> that is well, fantastic. Tip. I am. Um, I saw a video of a couple of days ago with Carol Kay. She, she, I think she even used the phrase make the metronome swing or groove. And so oh, it was, cool. it was clicking straight and then she started playing and suddenly the metronome seemed to sway rather than actually click. And I could not believe wow. the, the night and day groove that was created by, by her, not even her playing her, her understanding of that click. So there was all these empty space musically, but the, 
but there was a feel. There was so much being said with almost nothing. And I, I yeah, can, I'm hearing awesome. that when you're describing yeah, she's such it. A legend. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I got to check. You said that was a video. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I will okay, I find it again and, and send it to you, but it's, okay. it's probably very easy to yeah. find it. It's, it's beautiful. Like it's a, a master at, at work, you know? And, Right. Yeah. Uh, All, everyone from that era, it was just, I mean, I think we forget how good they were. I mean, because yeah. the, they were going in and cutting a bajillion songs a yeah. day in yeah. like two, one, two takes. Like, all right, next one, bring them in. What do we got? Yeah. No Pro Tools. <laughs> no Pro Tools. Well, what did Steve Luke there say? He's like, before, or no, it wasn't, it was uh, Jay Graydon. There's an interview where he's like, before Pro Tools, there were pros. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Okay, that made me that oh, hit me in the feels. Like, nope, I could not have hung with Steely Dan. That's nope, I could not have done the peg solo. That's why you did, and I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> oh wow, you know, that's so, a tough one to swallow. But there's some. Yeah, it's in the it's, it's in this doc. I think it was a documentary called Hired Gun. I yes, don't think I saw that, but it's pretty cool. Cool little yeah. film. I think that's where he said it. Back wow. before Pro Tools, there were pros. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Jake Graydon impersonation. <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, Steve Lucas saying something like, um, no clicks, no fix. So oh, okay. That's studio, a good one. And you're not playing like to the metronome on time and there's no way you can, you know. Yeah. It's a lot hard to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's also good wisdom. Well, yeah. there was that guy, um, sort of on the other end of the spectrum, uh, this fella, he like quantized running with the devil. Did you see that? No. no. It's amazing. He was like, all right. This is blasphemy and awful, but that's the point. Like, don't blame. <laughs> and he like put it in the Cubase or something and quantized it to a grid. Wow. Okay. And it sounds terrible, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like, well, I just removed all the heart and soul from this particular <laughs> song. <laughs> but anyway, oh, I'm so much on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a, a, there's space for everything, isn't there, in life? Sure, of course. <laughs> just, just to make sure we don't upset too many people. <laughs> so, Mark, usually um, when we when we talk guitars, there always comes up a point when when our guests say, ah, "I own that particular piece of gear. I own that guitar, but I sold it back in the day, and I wish I had it back." Like Tom oh. just did. He, he said, "I think he he had a guitar that he sold. He wish he had it back." Is there is there any piece of gear that you? vividly remember and you wish you've never had sold or it never was stolen or something like that well yeah i mean i get the first electric guitar i ever had was stolen oh no uh, yeah <laughs> so our house was robbed uh when i was a freshman in oh. high school and that was one of the things that they ran away with um so that's a weird thought you know because of course i never got it back i don't know what the heck happened with it i mean i hope maybe it ended up in a pawn shop and some kid bought it and mm -hmm. got hip to jimmy hendrix because of it or something who knows um that's the silver lining i look at it <laughs> with uh but yeah like, i mean you know like i said I'm, i've never really been one that has sold a lot of gear so mm -hmm. um i don't think there's anything that i wished i had back necessarily besides that one okay yeah People in the chat are pointing out that Dan is severely out of focus, which I'm sure is upsetting Dan a lot. And, uh, oh, and oh, yeah. I don't, I'm I sorry. didn't want to point it out, but the fact that other people are pointing it out now means I do want to point it out. <laughs> I mean, I, I could, I could use my still, but that would annoy you if I would do that. 
in order ah, to okay. adjust to adjust the focus. La la la. <laughs> and then all right. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right back. Uh, so this is fun. Yeah. Oh, that's even, that's yeah. that's mildly worse. I love it. Hey, we it um we better. are almost a fish. Is it worse? Is it worse? No, it's better. I was looking at the the actual past live stream. Sorry, right. Mark. We're kind right. of officially the podcast with the worst technical issues ever. And um, actually, this is pretty good. We're on, we're on a long I, streak. Yeah, usually, it's me that has all the issues. So <laughs> it's yeah. a, we're due a complete screw up at some point. So it could be could be this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, now I can see Dan's uh, clear JS one thousand. That thing is mm -hmm. rad looking. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> not it. mine. That's actually Mr. Meinl from. In, uh, you know, oh, Ivan you're not going to give it back, though. You're not giving it back. Yeah, and he he owns more than three thousand guitars, so we've got like Holy the biggest crap. archive of Ivan's hey. guitars. Oh, that's so cool. Just, <laughs> uh, occasionally, I get to pick a couple, and you know. Just make sure that they are fine and take a couple pictures and post them on, online. Actually, oh, there's, all right the, to me. there's the old jam Evo. It's also a cool. nice piece. That's the is relic. That a, is that like, oh, okay. That's not like one of Steve's personal ones? No, but but they, uh, the they did a replica. They released one, uh, 100 cool. pieces. Uh, that wow. Been that's awesome, man. They replicated, so that's pretty cool, too. Oh, look at the Velcro. Oh, cool, wow. man. That's sweet. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Why have I never thought of that? I, I feel like such a fool. Because you're not Steve Vai. Yeah. <laughs> Why does everybody tell me that? Why does everybody... I wish I had known. <laughs> I thought the magnets were great, but actually I can't go near Velcro because of my hair, so it's uh, building ah, pedal yes. boards is often right. difficult. <laughs> That's funny. <Yeah. laughs> Mark, Mark, is there is there any particular song you would wish you've had written, like your favorite <laughs> song or your favorite melody that, you, that always is in your head when you're? Oh crap! Uh, that's a fun question. Um, man, I think Hotel California is one of the best songs ever written. Oh wow! You know? yeah. I mean, that's a great song. Um, I think Human Nature is one of the best songs ever written. Okay. Uh, what are some other really great ones that I <laughs> wish I'd written? Um, I mean, heck, I don't know. Um, man, <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, that's a tough one. That's, I mean, I just want to start listing all of my favorite songs that okay. be, yeah, of course I wished I'd kid Charlemagne. That's, you know, like that's such a great tune. Um, uh, uh, even some, you know, like, like, uh, George Clinton flashlight. I mean, that baseline, I don't know if George came up with that or Bernie Worrell or whoever, uh -huh. but that baseline is just genius. And it's like just a couple notes, <laughs> but so good, you know, yeah. um, man, there's so many wish I'd written Panama or something well, like uh, that, you know, like, okay. <laughs> it's just all these iconic teams. Yeah. I don't know. When when you're writing songs, how how do you like sketch them out? Do you start with a specific like melody idea, or do you come up with a rhythm and then you you know put some chords on to the yeah. rhythm, or do you have it's like, all the above, man? All the above. You okay. Know, yeah, I mean, I don't have a formula. Um, okay. I just have a lot of little options, and whichever one makes the most sense is the one that I start with. Okay. Um, so it might be a groove or a rhythm. It might be a, a melodic statement. It might be a series of chords might be a riff, might just okay. be a title, you okay. know, 
might okay. come up or like an experience that relates to a title that like this needs to be personified in music somehow. How am I going to do that? Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Um, so it can be all of the above, man. You know, I keep, a, I have a million things in my little iPhone memo box here. And then I have a lot, a whole bunch of ideas in my hard drive that I visit frequently and infrequently to see yeah, which yeah. ones still have meaning. And then I turn those into songs. All right. So, yeah, I, I don't have like a, like a writing schedule, maybe like some, some folks do. I just sort of am constantly cataloging ideas. Okay. And then when I feel like it's time to put them together, then I start going through them. But, um, you know, I, I'd like to get to a point where it's like, I'm going to write, you know, two songs this week or something and finish them, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> how, how do you manage okay. your time? So, because the, the iPhone thing with the memos and, and, you know, you're doing something like mm -hmm. interacting with us right now is taking eating into your time. Yeah. You guys are just completely wasting yeah. my day. <laughs> <laughs> what songs could have been written during this time is my question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Panama part two. I don't know, but you guys blew that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, um, man, it's, it's, it kind of differs kind of per week. I mean, I find that I'm pretty creative in the middle of the day slash early afternoon. And then I'll kind of check out in the evening and do dinner and family stuff and then maybe come back to work at night. But I'm not like a burn the midnight oil till 5am and then sleep till three type person. Um, I try to get up early and you know, maintain sort of like a nine to five schedule okay. for most of, most of what I do, mm -hmm. you know, and then I, you know, but I, it's, everything is super flexible. If somebody needs me to, you know, like I think Saturday and I don't really ever work on Saturdays, but one of the artists that I work with a lot has to book a studio session that night. So I think we're going to go in and custom tracks on a Saturday night, which is not something I do normally, but I can do it. Um, so I, I'm, I try to maintain everything with a level of flexibility. And then I have like a row of post-its here of all the things that I need to <laughs> accomplish in a, in a semi-timely manner. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like tonight, I think, I think when we're, when we wrap, I'll, we'll be doing dinner and stuff, uh, and then put the kid to bed and then I'll probably go back to work, uh, relearning all the parts I wrote for this baritone record. That's what I'm doing today, tonight. Yeah. How easy is um is learning music for you? It's something I find particularly hard to keep it in the brain. Um, like once yeah. I'm done, it's it's gone. And how is it for I, you? Well, that's I that's I mean that's pretty typical of most people. I think if you're not doing it all the time, you just forget. Um, I I mean I I I learn songs fairly quickly. I guess. Um, it depends on the material, of course. Uh, but it, I, I don't have like a specific method. Usually what I'll do, if it's like a list of, of songs for a performance or something, I'll put everything in my DAW and just set up tracks and then just play them down. You know, let's get to the first chorus. Okay. Let's get to the first, you know, second, second verse now. Okay. Let's get to the bridge. Okay. Let's get to, you know, is there a specific melody that I have to play? Okay. I'll loop that or something. And so it's a lot of just, mm -hmm. you know, two steps forward a half step back, two more steps forward, back it up, keep going till you can play the whole thing down. Um, and you know, if, if I can, I'll just try to listen to the music for a while before I put my fingers on it. Uh, but, uh, but oftentimes I don't have time to, to do that. <laughs> so I'm learning, I'm learning them as I'm listening to them for the first time. And depending on the gig, I might make charts, but mm -hmm. I, if, if I can avoid them, if I can avoid charts, I like to, because 
that, you know, charts are great, but you also get stuck in the chart and you, and it's hard to kind of like internalize the music that way, at least for me. So I try to go sans charts if I can. Mm -hmm. That's admirable. On, on the on the time management thing, we've got a question from the chat from Tom Quayle, and he's asked. Uh, hey, Tom. He's asked. Uh, uh, I'm not Tom, but I replied anyway. Hey. <laughs> okay. Uh, on behalf of yeah. Tom, hello, Mark. Um, can you ask Mark how having a daughter has affected his practice slash musical life? So be, being a daddy. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Um, it's affected my musical life in a very positive manner because uh she's a constant source of inspiration hell i had her name the guitar i designed you know um so it's it's great being able to share the whole musical experience with someone that's impressionable and excited about stuff mm -hmm. um she takes up a lot of my time <laughs> <laughs> so you know so practicing and that sort of thing has to be scheduled around dadding as i call it and uh but you know it's interesting it forces you to get your shit together uh, and get your stuff, you know, if you know you only have two hours to do something, well, then you better make <laughs> some sort of headway in two hours, even if it's a minimal amount. You know, don't waste time on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, yada, yada, like get your work together. So, um, yeah, forces you to kind of get some time management skills together. But the payoff is that you get to share music with a, a young, impressionable person that, you know, that you just love. So, Yeah. She'll come in here, you know, if I'm working on something, she'll come in here and one dance and do whatever and grab guitars and mics and plug things in. And, you know, uh, I'll give her a mic and she'll pretend to sing or whatever. <laughs> or, you know, it's great. She'll come in. She's she's in dance now. She does ballet. And so she'll awesome. come in with her tutu and want to do the thing, the whole wow. dad, play it again, play it again, play it again. You know, I'm like, well, I got to get to work, but I'm not going <laughs> to this. This is way better. So those kind of things make it all worth it. You know what I mean? How, how old is your daughter now? She's almost four. Oh, man. oh, wow. That's pretty much the same age of my daughter. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, man. So you know all about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. I, I really like playing music for her because, you know, she'll come up with her own songs and great melodies. And we've just been watching Madagascar. And since then, she's been oh, singing, cool. I like to move it, move it all day. And uh, it's just hilarious awesome. seeing her dance around. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing that, doom, that kind of groovy thing. And yeah. It's just, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, I kind of noticed... Because like when she was really young, I would put like music documentaries or concerts on and and try to kind of get her, you know, interested in it. And it was kind of cool to see what she gravitated towards. Like if it was B.B. King or James Brown, she would always get up and dance. Uh, <laughs> I tried Zach Wilde live at the something <laughs> boozed. What is it? Boozed, bruised and boozed. broken. Broken bone. bone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah father of the year i guess <laughs> she was like she was not into it <laughs> and i was i very quick well i mean like you know in between the songs when he's dropping every f-bomb and i muted it but yeah, yeah. i was like i don't know this was a fun experiment but i think we should probably pull the plug on this one and go back to you know earth wind and fire zz top or something whatever it was prior but i tried yeah, I'll wait till still, she's in high school for Zach Wilde again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta keep <laughs> but still pushing the boundaries. The daddy of the day, like, because you're you're like uh, providing her with, with very good and, and quality music. Yeah, but, I hope so. I mean, you know, she gets a steady diet of whatever it is I'm listening to, and uh, whatever's in the you know the next Disney movie that she's checking out, or the you know the silly cartoon that she's watching, or something. The, the last film she's been obsessed with this movie. It's called My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, or Totoro, which is a Japanese animation film from, I think, like the late 80s or something. But it's got a really beautiful soundtrack, and she digs that. 
and I dig it too. So I'm like, all right, this is, we can, we can meet in the middle here, <laughs> you know, on two choices. But, um, there's a lot of frozen soundtrack in the car. <laughs> never went away, I don't think. Uh, frozen one or frozen two. Uh, we're on to frozen two primarily, which I think the tunes in that one are pretty good. I agree. Uh, I, I don't know. think they get the credit yeah. they deserve. A lot of people say that it was there's worse. The one that, um, I disagree. The, there's the one that sounds like the Chicago track, um, Lost, Lost in, the, in Woods. the Woods. Man, what a track. It sounds like it could have been written by Peter Zatera. Ha, have you heard the um, Weezer version then, on the soundtrack? Yeah, well, that's on yeah. the soundtrack. Yeah, of course. So that one's fun to sing yeah. along to. <laughs> I remember reading a, a review of the movie. Uh, well, this is taking a strange direction. Um, a review of the movie of Frozen 2. Who cares? <laughs> and someone said uh, it was a, a parent's website to see if it was suitable for my... I've got a f- almost four-year-old boy and an almost six-year-old daughter and to see if it was suitable for, for the kids. And one, there's a part of this website where if you go to the cinema, it recommends at which point you should go to the toilet during the movie. And, um, and it said it was lost in the woods because it's not really a great song and, and Christoph doesn't really shine in that. And I, I, I so had to disagree that I had to write a comment on a movie website. And um, <laughs> I argued with a stranger about a Frozen movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, there are other moments in those films where I would have gone to the bathroom, but that one's kind of a cool track. <laughs> totally agree. So, yeah. That's funny. Kissing scenes. All right. Okay. Take, take a leak. Yeah. Gross. Mushy stuff. Yeah. Oh, someone um, in the chat's well, got so three right. year old twin yeah. girls. My goodness. Oh, boy. God wow. bless you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a beer. Yeah. Send you a scotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear yeah oh well frozen dan which is your favorite frozen i didn't get to ask you on that one uh i haven't seen both movies in in, in total to be to be completely honest because I, I usually try to you know limit the the actual tv time for rosalie a little bit but we're getting there so madagascar was the first real movie she was allowed to see but also in three uh, instances not in a row because, um, you know, I don't know, she's not a TV kind of girl. She's more like she wants to go outside and, and play with other kids and, and not sit in front of TV. But, you know, if, if, if the bad time is, is getting closer, she's more prone to sitting on the couch and maybe watching TV for 20, 30 minutes. But, um, yeah, that's on the list because I totally agree with you. What I've seen and especially the music so far, I think Frozen 1 and 2 get a lot of... Uh, unnecessary hate from people that just think that all Disney stuff is shit. And, uh, what I've seen so far, what I heard so far, and, and it's, it's quite a bit. So, um, I, yeah. I could totally see her, you know, check that out. And, but I, I always insist on watching that stuff with mm. her. I wouldn't sit her in front of TV and just let her sure. watch whatever she wants. No, you gotta, yeah. you gotta hang with them at least yeah. for the first time. And then once you know, it's all right, then you can yeah. let them watch it in segments. But I don't yeah. know. Sometimes, you know, if it's Saturday, it's like, yeah, just watch the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so glad we'll go outside. After you say that, I feel like a bad fine. parent. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's like all day or like several hours, yeah. then maybe we need to talk. But yeah, they can watch the whole movie. It's not a big deal. <laughs> May I recommend you add Moana to the list? That is a that's a good one, too. Some great music right, in yeah. that. Some great earworms. Okay. And um, the Make princess and the frog too. That one takes place in New Orleans, and they've got some cool oh, wow. jazz, blues, big band. We haven't stuff done that one on. yet. Yeah. Okay, that's that's solid. Yeah, that's it's a cute story too. 
is it did you did you do you watch soul isn't that that kind of yep uh, that one's good we yeah yeah okay we watched is it that child one. friendly um yeah i mean like i haven't seen it so it's not like dark or weird but like part of the storyline is the guy that dies Okay. Uh, so you might have then comes back and sort of experiences life from a different perspective. So it might determine what kind of conversation you have leading into it. But um, I feel like we all watched it together and she, she was into it. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, cool. Well, that's that, that subject yeah. very topical at the moment here at the moment. So I think that would work well. And the music certainly appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the music's great. I mean, the scores, it's John Batiste. I mean, he did a great job on it. Oh, wow. It's really, really nice. Well, well, hey, what an interesting route we went from uh, talking gear. What, you guys want to talk about like the cap values or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, okay, 500k okay. bots for 250k. I need to know. <laughs> need to know, or I'm going to ream you on the guitar gear page, man. <laughs> whatever it is, I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm completely with you. I mean, it's part of. Uh, it's like with music, it, playing with other human beings and really being yeah. being part of a kind of social network or something like that is so important that's why family and friends and yeah that's what makes the music happen you know you gotta write songs about something yeah (laughs) might as well write them about your life absolutely yeah yeah i'm nothing else to write about (laughs) i'm just just to bring us something boring about guitars uh the gear gear sluts (laughs) website is, is changing its name Okay. Gear. I didn't even know what that was until what you until just okay. now. Well, gear sl- <laughs> get this. Get Do gear tell. sluts with a Z with a Z. You know because it's super cool. It's changing to Clever. gear space uh, through an online okay. petition. Um, oh. It's actually a pretty useful website. It's it's cool. um it's not is it the gear page that's the the rough one, which is the one where maybe one of them is just like uh fender or gibson ah you're wrong oh you know wow <laughs> sounds like a fun yeah, place it's, it's to horrid be. it's it's ah. truly horrid <laughs> um but yeah I, I just thought it was interesting but more for the people in the chat who might be interested rather than than us because we, we need to get back to disney <clears throat> oh yeah totally. we, we haven't even gone into <laughs> star wars my goodness oh well that might be a whole other podcast yes yeah are you are you into star wars yeah yeah Uh-oh. Totally, man. Here we go. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I had, you know, I remember, did you guys ever play Dark Forces? Yeah, of course. Knights of the Old Republic. Dude, I I downloaded Dark Forces on some, uh, what is it, Steam? It's like a gaming engine or something. It was like $5 and I was like, oh my God, I'm 10 again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I still suck. (laughs) (laughs) I need all the cheat codes, you know. Oh yeah, dude, I love Star Wars. Love it. Yeah. I think I think I sent Andy a screenshot of me playing playing Dark Forces. Like in the middle of last year, my mom passed away quite unexpectedly, and I was sitting at her house and, and you know checking her old computer, and there was Steam on it. So I was browsing through the library and discovered that there was Dark Forces. I think also it was four ninety nine. So yeah. I downloaded and played it until the end credits for the whole night, and uh, that's great. That's pretty cool. Revisiting those old memories from, yeah, from back man. in the day. Yeah, yeah. So who's the Obi Wan Kenobi of the guitar scene? Oof. Whoa! Like, okay. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Talking. Characters. I have an answer I mean, while you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Billy Gibbons. Ah. Wow. Good okay. answer. Okay. Um. Not Obi Wan Kenobi of the guitar scene. Just the beard more than anything. Oh man. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I think by that, by that met metric, you mean like someone who is legendary as a player, but also like, like a teacher kind yeah. of yeah, someone yeah, with yeah. a lot of knowledge. I think there's a couple. Okay. Um, I think what Tim Pierce is doing on his channel is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, letting people into the world that you don't really see much of as a session player. I think that's super great. Uh, I think, you know, Tom Bukovac's kind of doing the same thing on his YouTube channel, you know, um, hell Satriani taught everybody and their mother. (laughs) (laughs) So he might be a contender, you know, for, for that. Um, dang, man, that's a cool question. Who's the Obi-Wan? Maybe Jeff Beck. I don't know. You know, like that's interesting. The, the um, chat has just fired up. It's just exploded. Oh, what, who are they saying? Uh, we've got to be a good question, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Paul's doing great stuff with his channel, with his 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 lessons. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of cats are doing lesson kind of stuff these mm. days. Do you do lessons? Well, I do. Every now and then, I'll do like Skype stuff. Um, if yeah. I can kind of kind of arrange it to where it fits the schedule. I'm currently not not doing anything, but I did a little bit during the pandemic when it kind of first kind of everybody first sort of got shut down. Um, but I do courses like I've done a jam play course. Um, and then I'll be doing a, another course later on, uh, with a good friend and his channel. Um, and then I do a lot of like on like clinics for music schools and stuff like that, yeah. like seminars. Um, like I taught with Paul Jackson jr at USC, uh, on a zoom thing for them and, and, you know, music guitar department type stuff, which is, which is always really fun to do. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would do it in person, but we can't do that right now. So yeah. <laughs> whenever we get back to that, but yeah. Who else are people saying in the chat is the OB one. I'm interested. Tom, I don't have the chat. Uh, uh, Tom, I Tom to computer making it work too hard. Yeah. Tom, yeah. That's also good. good. He's yeah. a lot of cats. Uh, Baby King, totally. Reeves, Gabriel's. Pals, sorry. Yeah. Um, Robin Ford is dropping nuggets with his no talking <laughs> videos. Okay, dropping nuggets. Who Ninja cool. says yeah. Billy Gibbons is Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Billy Gibbons might be, uh, uh, maybe Han Solo a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, there is, there is. <laughs> um, Billy, yeah. You know, pre pre beard Billy. You know, <laughs> scoundrel. scoundrel. That's the word. Yeah, there you he's go. A, he's a Texas scoundrel. <laughs> Billy is smuggler. A, a, a lick smuggler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Spanky Alford, the R and B gospel player, has influenced a whole generation mm. of players. Mm. Um, I don't know who that is. He's definitely like, yeah, he's definitely like a godfather of that of that sound. Played with D'Angelo, the Mighty Clouds of Joy, a bunch of gospel quartet bands. Um, a lot of the kind of like R&B guitar stuff that you see is real popular has a lineage uh, to a lot of what he did. Oh, wow. You know? Um, yeah, man. I, I want to be That's called like, Spanky. Oh, That's one of the best names. <laughs> well, you got to sound like him. <laughs> yeah. Spanky so. Andy. Oh, Tom, Tom is asking who's Darth Vader? Probably maybe Robert Johnson. Interesting. <laughs> Good answer. Darth Vader. I can tell you. I can tell um, you that I'm Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> Is James Hetfield Darth Vader? I don't know. <laughs> Was he ever on the light side as Anakin? I don't know. Dave Mustaine. I don't know. Who's? I'm trying to think of uh, 
Tom, probably Tom Araya from Slayer, maybe might be Darth yeah. <laughs> yes. Bass player, but I don't know. He's probably Darth Jack Sidious. Butler. Yeah, right. This is, I, I could definitely lead this conversation for every Star Wars member. I I, I'm now yeah. thinking Chewbacca's a bass player, but a record, <laughs> like a really good laid back bass player. You just yeah. think, damn son, you just take that one note and you roll that, with it. Is it Pino Paladino? Is Chewbacca? Is he, uh, well, Pino's very clean shaven though, so I don't think that would really make sense. Also, well, is Chewbacca under all That's the hair? Crazy. So true. Good point. Who would be Luke Skywalker then? Oh, he'd be the, the annoying guy on the triangle. <laughs> on the cowbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you probably have to pick a young cat, like, you know, like a Mateus Asado or somebody, like a young mm. cat that's just like the Jedi, True. you know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Ariel Posen, he's he's good looking. Yeah, he is. You know? <laughs> and, he can, and he's a badass. So, I don't know, you could go go a lot of ways, a lot of ways. With a little I feel like we need to come back to this at some point and, and have something definitive. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I think there's a I think there's a Kindle book that could easily be released and monetized with this information in it. Very good. Very good. A galaxy of guitarists. Yeah. Oh, someone write this down in the chat. Zach Wilde is yeah. the Dark Lord. Vader. Tony Iommi should maybe oh, be yes. Darth Vader then. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. If we're going to really get That's get it the definitive together, answer. Yeah. All right, uh, and then, <laughs> then definitely, um, Ozzy is Yoda because they basically speak the same. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. I think Ozzy might be Emperor Palpatine, though. <laughs> so, being renamed to Father Palpatine from now on. <laughs> Who's Keith Richards? Good question. The Emperor. Oh. No, I feel like Keith would make a good. I don't Kenobi. know. I think like he would make. Yeah, I was gonna say he could maybe be a Han Solo mm. though too. I don't know. Or maybe you Boba know. Fett. <laughs> Jeff Beck's Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Who's your, who's your favorite character when it comes to Star Wars? Do you have one of the the guys that you always? Oh, I mean, I always loved Han Solo. I just thought he All was right. so great. Yeah, I mean. If there was one guy I kind of relate to, maybe it would be him. Um, <laughs> and Boba was cool too. Yeah. Um, so if you if you had to pick Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones or as uh, as as Han Solo, oh. what would your pick be? Ooh, that's a good one. Damn. Um, probably Han. I think. Yeah? Okay. I mean, he's kind of, in a sense, sort of the same guy in both films. Yeah. <laughs> so, just like just different a geogra geography. Yeah, a whip or a blaster. So, yeah, it, yeah. It'd be, it's it's more like Harrison Ford in Clear and Present Danger, or Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. Yeah. You know, that's I was <laughs> kill yeah. my wife. I don't care. Like, <laughs> um, Michael in the chat has said Keith is the Force. Wow, that, I, I, don't, I would say Jimmy was the oh, force, but, all but right. we, we can't top that. That, that someone is the force. Okay, fair uh, enough. Who's Java? <laughs> <laughs> Staying yeah. out of this one uh, in twenty twenty. Me. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh man. Oh, you could be Eddie. Eddie Van Halen could be the oh, force. Heck maybe. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. 
right, all right, then who so. would your okay? Who would your force? Who would your ghosts be? When they show up what? during your training, you know the 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 past masters. Oh, okay. So these are guys who <laughs> have guys who have now. legitimately passed. Okay, uh, and they show up. Edward Edward would be there. Uh, Prince would be there. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe Jimmy. Uh, maybe. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who all's been gone. You know. Um, yeah, those guys would. Huh. Be Three's a nice cool. round number. That's 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 more than yeah. enough. Yeah, Jimmy, Eddie, and Prince. <laughs> Not, Not bad. bad. Also. <laughs> A lot of pressure yeah. there. <laughs> so, I, I think we need a new segment of our guitar players in Star Wars. I think this is a uh, now that the Mandalorian's not showing, this is filling a nice gap. Oh yeah, and yeah, they need they to make those episodes the longer. Bad Batch is airing the new a new animation series uh, from May the fourth. Uh, okay. On Disney Plus, yeah, cool. It's like the crazy. I haven't checked out any of the of the animated ones. I, I don't know. Oh, the last the last four episodes of the Clone Wars. It's just go- it's gorgeous. It's like I'm I'm not a big fan of, of the Clone Wars in in general, and specifically I skipped a few episodes. But the last four is just like oh, amazing. It's like one of the best Star Wars experiences. You see, it's like made for adults. It's a great arc. It's an amazing storyline yeah. because those four episodes they belong t- together. And it's that whole, you know, duel between Ahsoka and Darth Maul, who are great, you know, right. characters that have been added that are not in the original trilogy. So this would have been like pre-episode four. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's right. Because that's when the Clone Wars was happening. All right. Well, I can totally recommend that. Like everyone who's saying Clone Wars sucks, I say, watch the last four episodes. <laughs> Produced right. by Dave Filoni, that's a masterwork. That's better than Rogue One. It's better than Han nice. Solo, Solo movie. And yeah, that's, that's really cool. good. All right. Wow. <laughs> and he's making funny faces. I was just thinking, what a nerd you are, but I'm enjoying it so much because I'm also the nerd. <laughs> I'm like, we haven't talked about a guitar gear, piece of you gear, in like 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Check that out. The viewership is just going, oh, hey, that's pretty good. Look at those guys. Nice. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, and they've just attacked your mic. Well, no. um, we've got some suggestions for Princess Leia because, we, you know, we didn't go near there. We've got, of, of course, Nita. We've got Gemma Jura. I think Larry Basilio should be on there for sure. Um, or maybe Yvette Young. Oh, Yvette Young yeah. is Princess Leia. Nailed it. There you go. Yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot of contenders for that. Yeah. I guess we could we should extend it to there's because there's more you know uh, Daisy Ridley's character. What's her name? Ray. 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 Yeah, we should extend it to the whole universe. <laughs> you know, Mandalorian because there's not. I mean, you know, as yeah, far as yeah, female yeah. characters. So oh, that's fun. We we should we should do that again. Though. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> this this get uh, Neely Neely Brosh in there. Gretchen Men. You know, Ari O'Neill. Yeah. Um, Ariana Powell, such fantastic yeah. players out there, man. Is there is there any like kind of new um, new like forms of music, new styles, new genres that are uh, emerging that you kind of like gravitate towards, like th- that whole math rock thing that Polyphia are doing, or more that kind of neo soul stuff? Uh, is there- um, 
You know, it's interesting. I, I feel like I'm super late to the party because I okay. am, but like I've been digging on some kind of like gent esque okay. stuff in the last uh, year and a half or so. Like band, like bands like Poly- uh, Periphery, for example. I know I've talked about them a lot in interviews, but I, I was heard them. I was like, man, this is like really forward thinking metal. Like this sounds like metal of the future, and it's got all the things I like about heavy metal, but then it has this progressive aspect. Uh, you know, with the time signatures and the harmonies and stuff like that and the long drawn out compositions and, and the tones, I think their records sound really cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoying their stuff with, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I just found out. About it. <laughs> well, I, I'm further behind than you. Which periphery stuff should I be checking out? Cause uh, this is my the year of metal. Difficulty is my favorite one. This th- their third record third record. Okay. It's really cool. Yeah. I wore that thing out. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not on vinyl. I don't have it on vinyl, but you know what I mean? I listen to it a the lot. Digital <laughs> ones and zeros. Um, were... yeah, I wore the ones and zeros out of it. Exactly. <laughs> third album. I'm going to write that on there. Third. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at that tomorrow and say, who's third album? So I better write the band name as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or accidentally write a third album. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary Spender could be Ray. That's a good suggestion. I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah I like that suggestion. And they're both British, so that works out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she's an incredible talent. So yeah, that would be good. That'd be a good choice. That'd be yeah. awesome. So Rang says P three is the best. I'm assuming that's a periphery album. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about. Right. Yep. P three. Yeah. Third one. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said because I spoke over you, so I just wrote third album. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. You just go and find the third yeah. one. One, and two, four. Oh, I missed it. Ah, oh, dang it. Gotta go back to it again. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're taking this Star Wars guitar player seriously enough. I think there needs to be a Discord. I think there needs to be um, an emailing list. Uh, I think we need to reconvene at least twice a week to make sure there's been... Voting. You need to probably polling. Do polls. polls. Um, yeah. Award ceremonies. Really, we really have to extend the the universe because there are so many players that are deserving of star Wars characters sure. parallels. Sure. I think I'll be like, I don't know, maybe like that Woody Harrelson character from that one movie. <laughs> we'll just, uh, where he's the, you know, he's like the thief or whatever. I'll be that guy. I'll be him. No, I, I think <laughs> you'd make a great Han Solo. I'm just inserting myself into the whole thing. But yeah, no, no, you're, you're a Han but, Solo contender. Don't, don't even joke around, man. All right. Okay. I'll start wearing a vest. <laughs> Cowboy boots. Yes. I'll come dressed as Han Solo next time we do this. You'll be like, oh yeah, he's and definitely Han Solo. Make sure you solo totally. first. Got it. I can do that. <laughs> it's because we're both just, you know, dark, handsome dudes. Yes. Obviously. Of course. Yes. You need, you need a little star just here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's going crazy. Which guitar equivalent is the X-Wing? Right, we can't go into transport in this episode. That's going to keep Mark f- away from That's leaving his, <laughs> losing his uh, his song memory stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now the talk in the chat is about Photoshopping, probably you as uh, Han Solo. So um, do it. If you do, I'll tell you what, if you do a cool one, yeah, maybe I'll post it on the Instagram page. There you go, guys. Challenge accepted. But it's got to look really cool. Like, right. don't, it's not, can't look like I did it because I suck at Photoshop. It's got to look <laughs> like pro. And if you can, you know, put the Fiori in there or something or like a sword or a lightsaber, like it's got to look legit. All right. I'm feeling that, you Contenders. know, the, the very famous pose where he's kind of like that with the blaster. 
I'm yeah, feeling that yeah, one. That would be cool. I'll, I don't want to stifle everyone's artistic creativity, but if you want to get on the page, it's got to look good. All right. <laughs> I got to I gotta go. Right, guys, you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I feel we shouldn't eat up too much uh, additional time because Mark uh, oh. go and uh, play with the kids and, you know, eat, eat and, and practice the songs for the next concerts. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Start up late tonight, I think. Yeah. What, so. what what kind of locations are you playing? What what dates and locations? Um, let's see. Well, we're doing a festival in Florida on the eighth. Okay. Uh, Spirit of Suwannee Fest, and then on the ninth we'll be at the Guitar Sanctuary in McKinney, Texas. Yeah, yeah. And then on the sixteenth uh, we'll be at a venue in Fort Worth called Tulips, and that's the baritone release party. So I'll have discs and and hopefully vinyl. I think is gonna come in in time for that. So, wow, uh, that's the day the record comes out. So if you're in if you're in Dallas Fort Worth area, come and hang out there. Uh, it'll be cool. Awesome. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. I wish you all yeah, the most was, fun you can possibly have. Thanks, guys. I, I, I am, this was fun chat, man. Thanks. Yeah, we, I've had a great time. I was quite silent in this episode, mainly because I really enjoyed listening, and I'm normally <laughs> blathering over everybody else. So thank you for <laughs> silencing me. Right on. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark. Oh, enjoy the feedback on the Fiore, and Thanks, uh, hope to see you soon. It was pretty cool to have you here for the Miller sessions. That was also a blast. That was great. I yeah, think he's yeah. still got some videos in the can that he hasn't put out yet. I need to ping him about that oh, and see yeah. what he wants to do with them. Yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, Which, yeah oh, maybe yeah. I wasn't supposed to say that. But anyway, whatever. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> now you can all go hound Martin to release the unreleased ones. <laughs> Uh, so. You did some, some some great some great videos. That was a fun session. Thanks. Yeah, that was really fun. I was really yeah. proud of that one. Actually, Andy, I I, I uh, don't think that you know that, but actually, Mark went to Germany to record those sessions on his birthday. So we actually celebrated yeah. his birthday uh, on the night of the first session. I've That's seen right. some photos, yeah, but uh, I had no idea what you were celebrating. So now I know. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was fun yeah. Martin yeah. even organized a, cake, a proper cake for Mark I know. So. that was yeah. great that was a really a highlight that whole yeah. week was really special so thanks <laughs> for your role in that Daniel yeah man absolutely uh, I can't let you go Mark without saying that there's a lot of love for you and thanks and appreciation for from the chat Oh, um, well, I appreciate you guys watching man good clean fun apparently oh there we go <laughs> I mean I can take my shirt Yay! off <laughs> If you like hairy half Italian guys, which half? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. How many? Am I taking my shirt and my pants off? All right, time to go. It's been really fun. Well, everybody, and uh, uh, now that it's gotten totally weird. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so, Dan, cool. you're gonna you're gonna talk us out because you're much better at doing the housekeeping than I am. Ah, you're so kind tonight. Well, again, Mark, thanks so much for taking time. It was a blast to have you for this episode 32. Thanks to all the guys in the chat. It was a blast again. You were so kind and the questions were great. Um, if you are listening to that on the pod, on the podcatcher, uh, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so we get more visibility. And of course, check out Mark's channels on Instagram and on Facebook. On Instagram, it's MJ Lecheri. Got the blue blue uh sign too and um yeah great content there and check out his new record april so yeah thanks again mark and uh hope to see you in the future all right dudes my pleasure thanks everybody we'll see you all later all right good, good night. night good, good night. night good day and um that is the end of the show bye-bye